Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today, we are bringing you the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cobalt Press and the World Tree Burns. We're here back on season three for our second episode, um, and we have almost all of us with us today, except from Sibley Jackson, who is unfortunately away. But don't worry, Tilly will be back with us next week. But we do have the rest of the cast and crew with us today. So let's go around, do some introductions, remind ourselves of who we are, and of course, who we're going to be playing today. Let's start with our dungeon master, Mr. Dan Dillon. Dan, how's it going, my friend? Hey, that's me. Uh, it's going incredibly well. I went to a wonderful convention, but I'm back now, and I'm super exhausted and ready to play some D&D, mostly. Uh, yeah, so so that's me. I'm Dan. I'm your Dungeon Master. We're going to play some 5e in the world of Midgard from Cobalt Press. Dark fantasy 5th edition campaign setting uh, with all kinds of new races and monsters and places to adventure and horrible trouble to get in. And let's see what happens. Uh, I'm interested uh, to, to find out how these guys are going to handle what I've set in front of them. Fantastic stuff. And speaking of getting into horrible trouble, we have McCloken of us today as the most troublesome of characters. Whoa, uh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. That's that false advertisement. Cloak is very mm -hmm. honest. He's not done anything wrong. There is no sacrificing of people that's ever happened. Um, okay. Uh, so put those rumors to rest all right that when you see cloak and he's like hey come down to stark alley and you're like yeah and he's like yeah let's go and then you're like oh we go down the alley that's uh that's what happens um right. only fun sunshine and rainbows down that alley um so hello um <clears throat> my name's mccloak and i'll be playing cloak the lovable gnome ranger of uh purest of hearts and innocence uh and that's me and Fantastic. <laughs> I also want to say I, I want to say Cloak has 69 health now, so ooh, ooh. that is an nice. important statistic. Nice. Uh, that we're all definitely going to be keeping track of here. Um, fantastic stuff. Scarlet Moth, how are you doing today? I'm really well today. I've been raring to play some D and D because I miss out on all the Gen Con fun, unlike some people here, but. I have missed this group so much and this game, and I'm ready to play Rowan the Ravenfolk Cleric, who uh, missed out on a bit of stuff last time, but she's back now to cause havoc and snap her beak at people. <laughs> Fantastic and not stuff. Feel, not and not feel drugs. No drugs. No. Well, no maybe a little bit. We'll see. The season <laughs> we haven't had the chance to get there, um, but I have faith in us. Uh, <laughs> as a group, we'll find a way. Fantastic stuff. We will find a way somehow. Drugs find a way, and the world reburns. Um, great stuff. And of course, we have our newest God. member, Bernie, with us today. Uh, the Bernie Source. How are you doing yes. today? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm working feverishly to update my character sheet. Is all. <laughs> but I'm great. Thank you. I'm Bernie, aka the Bernie Source, and I am playing Landis a gearforged warlock who has his very own little imp friend named Edwin. 
Here to save oh. the day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. As myself, I'll be playing Riodan, the Dampier Paladin. Um, and we're all level eight now, um, as we manage to press gang uh, Mr. Dan Dillon into, uh, into leveling up uh, just before, like five minutes ago. That's why we're leveling up our characters right now. Um, and he's even more charismatic and dexterous than he was only two weeks before when last you saw him. Um, so yeah, even uh, even more obnoxious, no doubt. Um, but I will hand over to our inimitable Dungeon Master, Mr. Dan Dillon, to remind us a bit what happened last week on the show and take us into tonight's episode of uh, last, The World Tree Burns. Last, last week. Last, last week. Last, but if you're watching episode. this in the future, you'll never know. You'll never know. All right. Uh, <laughs> last time we picked up right at the end of the uh, the sort of the cliffhanger of the previous season, where uh, our illustrious heroes found themselves at the weapon points of the arrayed forces of paladins and uh, soldiers and knights of the Order of the Undying Sun, servants of the Sun God, and uh, they found themselves placed quickly under arrest and were all carted off in giant paddy wagons towards the citadel, where they were going to be thrown in the dungeon. Uh, cut to an interesting gear-forged jeweler by the name of Landis, who is engaged by one of the wealthiest and most influential citizens in Zobek, one Lord Greymark, uh, to assist in making sure that these fine people that he has some sort of vested interest in do not end up in jail. And Landis was mostly successful. Unfortunately, the guards discovered some dark artifacts among the possessions of our trollkin wizard, Glazishin, and realizing, uh, not fully understanding their nature, but being able to pick up enough from seeing the uh, horrid glyphs of void speech, they took and him the separately. Oh yeah, yeah, and the vomit, and the bleeding eyeballs. They uh, took him separately to the Citadel, ran him ahead, and uh, he is now behind lock and key and captured by the authorities. And we find ourselves back in the jewelry, uh, the jeweler's establishment and home of Landis, where the party has been given some momentary respite and a place to regroup and come up with their next plan. I have a goblin behind me. Uh, and so that's where we pick up now. Uh, it is late in the evening at this, it's late at night at this point. I believe we're around about 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Um, unless I'm completely missing my guess, but it's been a lot of weeks since we went through all these events. Yeah. So bear with me. I think me. it's and, supposed uh, to be like, like late, late, like 3 late, late. or something, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that sounds better. That sounds better for all this uh, skullduggery to be occurring. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the wee hours of the morning, a few hours off from sunrise even. And, uh, and there it's you find yourself. Several of you are probably exhausted at this point as uh, you've battled devils from the 11 hells, you have battled vampire mistresses who had enslaved, poisoned, or possibly killed many of uh, your friends. Uh, yeah, none of you know what's occurred, what's happened to Valia. Uh, she was on death's door, barely saved by Rowan's timely intervention uh, as a sacrifice to conjure devils forth. Um, but uh, yeah, the last you saw of her, she was left on the gravel uh, and find yourselves in Landis's home being offered shelter for the evening. Well, um, I, I know everybody is upset dreams. and you want to get your friend back, but I suggest we all rest. 
you guys seem like you're in uh, could be in in much better shape than you are. So, like I said, you've got a place Excuse to sleep. Excuse me, I'm, I'm in fantastic shape right now. Um, but maybe some drinks would help uh, the evening pass by more uh, swiftly. And as I'm sort like of drinking? explaining. I don't feel weird drinking, even though Glass has been captured and is probably being tortured. I'm, I'm fine with it. Isn't that more reason to drink? No I think I agree. Boss. Quite. Maybe it is. I told you, I don't have a boss. I will get you yeah. human drinks. Hold on. <laughs> and I'm just going to walk Do I get human? <laughs> All right. The iron and wood and glittering gold and silver inlaid gear forged uh, steps out of the room with a soft kind of clacking and whirring as the the springs and gears that make up the motive parts of his body softly click uh, driving him out of the room. So you're going to go retrieve some refreshment of these chuckleheads? Yes. Alright, no problem. Um, yeah, you get them some, some food, some drink, whatever it is you have on hand. I don't know if you would keep food in your home since... Uh, you don't eat it. <laughs> You'd have to replace uh, perishable things very often. No. I might have some, like, really stale crackers. That okay. someone so left you there have, for something. So which, what you might have are mm. essentially the equivalent of trail rations. So you might have some, like, uh, very dry sort of bread that doesn't, you know, get stale or go bad, really, until it molds. And then things like uh, dry cheeses and um, jerky and the like. You might have that stashed just in case. I'll bring all that. And we know, out you, have, then with we know you have some wine, wine, water, ale, all of that. Yeah, anything bottled is, is fine. Yeah, I'll bring water and ale. I don't know if they're worth the wine yet, though. So we'll see. Very fair. Okay, so uh, <laughs> wow, Landis, Landis returns with a tray with uh, we'll be generous and call it food. And uh, you can all at least fill your bellies. And you realize, actually, when this stuff comes in, despite the uh, the less than appetizing nature of it, the, the hunger pangs begin to just gnaw at your gut. And you realize just what a day you have had at this point. And you can feel the exhaustion starting to settle into your bones and muscles. You can, uh, you can eat your fill, drink, and despite the, um, the meager nature of the, the offering, it somehow manages to taste like a feast. Hmm. It's better than it looks. All right, so uh, one, thing I'll, one thing I'll mm -hmm. remind you of, Bertisaurus, is that you know yes. that you were due to receive the remainder of your payment the following yes. night when apparently Correct. Lord Lord Greymark was set to return. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone that. is going to settle and bed down for a long rest, I assume? Unless there's anything else you wanted to discuss or handle in this immediate moment. Cloak is probably falling asleep in the corner. <laughs> were we explained yeah, why we were rescued? So, um, this guy, what's his, what's his name again? I forgot again. I wrote it down. Lord Marley Greymark. Silver. There it is. <laughs> Has apparently been looking out for you and your team for some reason. No one really knows why. He got you. He sent some guards away after the demon bar. And he's the one that left the party earlier and didn't get passed out from the drink. And he came to Landis and asked Landis or paid Landis just to break you guys out of those carts. Um, 
and keep you from going to jail. Though he didn't say why, and he didn't say what to do with you. He just said keep them from going to the Citadel, where he thought they were going. Exactly what uh, Lowry here just said. <clears throat> uh, I, A Gearforge size not... sounds really uh, metallic, by the way. <laughs> it's like clinks and words. Does it sound like the old dial-up? Rowan. No, it it uh, it sounds a little bit. It sounds a little bit like when you wind a clockwork toy or uh, a timer and then you let it go and the, the yes. mechanism begins to clatter. That's a little bit what Landis's sigh sounds like because there are no lungs. There's no pumping of air or intake of breath. It's just the body reacts to what the mind and the soul are doing and that's how the best it comes up with to approximate a sigh is a... You can hear as... as that happens, Rowan just sort of shudders a bit, like it, the sound is just too grating on her ears. Oh, no. Uh, well, Landis I will politely not, ignore that. <clears throat> I've not really seen many of your kind before. I'm, I'm from far up north. Oh. oh, that's okay. I've not seen many of your kind either. Eh, we're even. Uh... Um, a ghost, a vampire, and a robot walk into a bar. Rowan, if you say that out loud, it's actually quite loud. hateful. Hmm. I don't find it kind of like away from everyone. He just says that and he just doesn't move. <laughs> Rowan just whirls around to him. Yeah, Landis well, doesn't really know what's yeah. going on, so he's like, Ed, Ed, uh, Edwin's not a ghost. He's he's an imp. He's not a ghost. Oh, yeah. He could just be invisible. Uh, at that point, one of the one of the chunks of dried meat kind of drifts up into the air across the room, and you can hear a soft, <laughs> and you watch as little nibbles of the uh, the slab of jerky begin to vanish. <laughs> Sorry, he does that a lot. <laughs> Is there still some left on the platter? Oh yeah, 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 totally. Okay, Roman's just gonna start picking some up and just putting it in her sleeve and hiding it. <laughs> All right, you could start uh, squirreling away some scraps of meat. And uh, so, if you have nothing else you really want to get into, you can all um, settle down for your long rest. Um, Landis, what are you doing during your long rest? <laughs> I know you need to do your basic tune up. But like, whereabouts are you? Are you hanging out in the same room with these people? Are you backing off and giving them space? What do you want to do? No, I will. So usually I have a, a, a comfortable chair in the back room that I sit in. Um, it's in the same room mm -hmm. as the bed, but I don't use the bed. So I just sit in the comfortable chair and kind of relax and, and gear forge meditate, if you will. Uh, but I've got a, a seat up front as well. And um, I don't know these people that well, and they don't know me that well. So I'm gonna let them have the back room or um, wherever they fall asleep, really, but they can, um, I'll offer it up to them. Okay, and uh, uh, yeah, and opt to not pop open your panels in their presence and start tinkering yeah. with your everwhelmed <laughs> Exactly. Okay, got it. Lude. I'm going to say to uh, <laughs> Rowan when Landis is out the room. So, <clears throat> that fellow there, um, Larry, um, I have to admit, I'm not all that familiar with Gearforged in, in, in general. I mean, how do they, you know, 
I I have not really seen them. We don't really have that many of them up. Well, some kind of series never... of believers and pulleys, perhaps. Uh, Rowan, it's likely that you've probably never seen one until you got to yeah. Zodek. You might have heard of them, but you've never seen one until you got here. And you see them around town every now and then. There's not many. I admit I've not really seen that many, but I'm I'm not sure exactly how they work. They sure do. Kind of like this makes makes you almost miss glass. <laughs> so uh, you hear a loud clang from the other side of the room as uh, Tilly drops her breastplate. Uh, Paula is helping her out of her armor to uh, to settle in for the rest, and she kind of oh sorry, and gathers up her armor and starts sort of stacking it over on the side neatly so she can bed down comfortably. Uh, Paula begins shuffling out of her chainmail. Yeah, go ahead, Moth. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling Riordan away to give them some privacy. Oh, I mean, they're not undressing or anything, just taking armor off. Um, Paula I'm, is I'm shuffling out of her... away to give them privacy. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Paula shuffles out of her chainmail and uh, kind of half folds, <laughs> half rolls it and sets it aside as you're having this conversation. And uh, she says... Oh, it, it's not likely you'd see any gear forged too far from Zobek. This is this is where they came from, and they they're they're relatively young as as a race, anyway. Uh, such what? as it is, she says in her kind of resonant voice. What are they? Hmm. What are they? They're uh, well, they're created beings in a sense. Um, they their clockwork bodies um, house the soul of a once living person. So Landis was once a, a flesh and blood mm. person as, as, as anyone here. Kind of like you, uh, Ron. Oh, damn. Uh, Paula sort of like, like winces a little. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the body precisely, but- uh, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> Oh, very uh, But no, I know what you mean. I, I see what you mean. Um, are you on, are you on yes. drugs again? Mm. No, no, I'm just just, in, just enjoying this experience, you know? Just all of this. We're learning a lot she together, could... you know? And we're probably going to meet a very wealthy man tomorrow. Ah, uh, well. So, uh, Paula says, the gear forged, we, their creation is very secret. But what we do know is that it has a great deal to do with collaboration between the worshippers of Voland, the, the Dwarven Forge God, and Rava, the, the Gear Goddess. And uh, it was out of experiments with the creation of clockworks and automatons that uh, led to the creation of the Gear Forged, and they were instrumental in turning the tides against House Strauss during the revolt. That was the first time they, uh, they really came into being. Hmm. So that that makes them that makes them only about a century old, not quite even ninety-ish years. Hmm. Other than that, um, okay. there's not too much that uh, outsiders from those faiths or you know outsiders of the Gear Forge themselves who know too much about them. Well, as long as they weren't created by some mad genius who's had to kill us, and fine by me. In fact, oh, even if they are. It's entirely possible, but uh, Landis seems helpful enough, at least. I mean, when there's that much house, money on the line. The souls housed in these bodies, are they the souls of living creatures? Or ones who were no. all things great and small? Hmm. No, no. Uh, well, I, I don't know the particulars, but my understanding is that the soul has left its 
its uh, its living body, which I presume means the body is dead, and uh, then somehow goes into the gear forged. And now that is now that is Landis's body. Well, right on. You know, it's strange. I don't even feel rude speaking about him in his own home while he's out of there because he's a machine. I mean... Do you ever feel rude speaking about anyone? No, he doesn't. No, I... Fair enough, then. Except, except no. maybe he's ex. <laughs> but that and, would be uh, the way, best way to shut him up. We would did, be to talk about talk. his ex. Paula like takes some of the blankets. Yeah. <laughs> Paula begins <laughs> bedding down uh, next to Tilly. So everybody hunker in and falling asleep? Yeah. Uh, Cloak's been asleep. Okay. Uh, Cloak fell asleep immediately after his last outburst. So, yeah, Rowan's just... Now her hands are free and she's no longer imprisoned, is, like, curled up on the bed by sort of clutching her knuckle bones and Mm -hmm. the rune bones next to her, sort of idly rolling them and probably falling asleep next to them as they've rolled. Does, does, Does Rowan sleep like Big Bird? How does Big Bird sleep? He sleeps like sitting up and he's like, oh, I mean, it does like the bird thing. I imagine it's sort of half curled up, half all, you know, when birds have their fluffles and they put their necks yeah. down and mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Right. That's how I've been picturing it. A- and I was like, I've yeah. never known. All right. Uh, then uh, the rest of the night will pass fairly uneventfully. Uh, at one point, Landis. Um, so after you finish your maintenance, what are you going to do? Continue trying to update my character sheet. Roger that. What is, <laughs> what is Landis himself doing, uh, for the rest of the... Uh, Landis, is, Landis, the is, Landis is updating his character sheet. He's sitting there. Everyone's gone into the back. Um, he's sitting, like, he just finds a, um, just a regular wooden chair that's behind the front desk. And, okay. uh, he is just sitting there and he's tinkering. And, uh, earlier in the day, he thought of a couple things he could do that might improve this or that. And so he's trying to do his own little upgrades and working on those. And then once he's done with that, he's just gonna relax, close his eyes, and try to get some not rest. Okay, so he's basically just going to kind of sit and just sort of meditate essentially for yeah. uh, the remainder of the night until these guys wake up. And are yep, you doing that again, does. leaving them with their privacy wherever you put them? And uh... Yeah, the ones in the back um, are in the back and there's, a, there's not a door to that room, but there's a curtain. So the curtain is shut and um, I think Cloak fell asleep in the front room on a chair, so Cloak is fine there, but um, so all right, so I'm, in the, I'm in the corner with Puff Puff. We're sleeping on the right. floor in the corner. Oh, okay. Right. But in the front so, room, right? So, yeah. yeah. I forgot Puff Puff's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Puff Puff's yeah. here. All right, so are you are you tinkering and stuff with the counter? Is that in the front room where mm-hmm. Cloak is sleeping? Oh, okay. Yes, that's in the uh, front room. So, I would uh, The way okay. I imagine it, uh, Cloak is in front of the counter in the front half of the store, and I am behind the counter on a chair. Okay, got it. So uh, once you finish with your maintenance, you kind of click your the the what passes for eyelids now the little uh, the the copper lids that cover the the glittering green stones that are your eyes, and you realize you haven't really been paying much attention to it because you were engrossed in your your own maintenance and, and upkeep. 
you realize you've been seeing something out of the corner of your eye for a while, pretty much since everybody stopped distracting you. You look over, and the red cloak that's draped over the gnome, you can see part of it is, like, moving on his shoulder and across his back. It looks almost like it's slithering slightly, like maybe there's something underneath it, like uh, maybe an animal. All right, there's a soft, and he is on the backrest of your chair right next to your head. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought you were, are you not? Okay. Uh... He kind of blinks his beady little eyes and tilts his head the other way. Did you see something else in here? Is someone else here? Do you know? He uh, he kind of perks up, his tail lifts, and just kind of like poises the stinger over his shoulder next to the, the side of his head. And he looks around and kind of pulls his lips back from his little needle-like teeth. And his teeth are uh, also set with little droplets of gold and silver wedged between them, like he chewed on them or something, and now they're all stuck in there. And he kind of looks so around. Cute. I don't see anyone but us. Okay. So, um, I'm going to say, oh, all right, all right, thanks. You can go back to sleep or whatever. And I'm just going to kind of peek my head around the corner and just try to look more closely at the the cloak that he's draped okay. in. All right. Um, so, as you watch, uh, occasionally you will see another little like not even a flicker it's slow movement and uh this time it looks like the hem of the cloak draws across the stones of the floor and pulls itself up over his uh, cloak's calf where uh, some of the garment had sort of fallen away or he rolled or shifted and just kind of kicked it free it just sort of pulls up and over his uh over his leg and ankle and then drapes down as if it were a blanket all right. Um, I, I'm still looking at it kind of weirdly, and I'm going to note it and definitely keep an eye on it in the future, but I'm not a stranger to magic or anything like that, so True. Landis immediately assumes there's some sort of magic thing going on here, but he's definitely going to keep an eye on it. It's, it. It did not go unnoticed. Yeah, so over the course of the night, you will see the cloak move in strange ways every now and then. Almost it looks like cloak is breathing one way, but his body is moving another way, almost like there's another chest underneath the cloak that's breathing, but not in the right time with how you can hear his snores and his breath. Uh, It's very disconcerting. Um, At this point, you can see that Edwin has kind of caught on to your interest and is taking a closer note of it as well. And he has this kind of like a little weirded out, but also fascinated expression on his tiny face. Mm-hmm. And uh, is just like perched on the counter and is leaning forward, almost like a like a gargoyle on the eve of a church, yeah. and is just craning his neck out much longer than you would expect his neck <laughs> to be able to stretch. It's kind of grotesque looking. Yeah, Edwin, Ed, Edwin, not now. He kind of flutters his uh, his wings and backs up and <sighs> when you back him off. So you, you continue through the rest of your yeah. uh, the rest of your vigil through the evening. Edwin um, leaves Cloak alone, but you can see that whatever he's doing, he always finds an excuse to have an eye line toward the gnome. Um, okay. Eventually, he has Puff a... Puff... Sorry, go ahead. 
I was just gonna say Edwin has his own little like house. It's almost like a birdhouse or a doghouse in the sure. um, on one of the shelves um, that separates the two rooms, and mm-hmm. so that's usually where he'll go up at night and curl into a ball and go to sleep. But I imagine he's he's up there, but he's kind of looking out the window like, like this the whole time. Right, it's like occasionally. Dream house. Yeah, like he flies <laughs> up into his he flies up into his Edwin house, and you hear uh, a soft <laughs> clinking and clattering of metal from inside there as he shuffles around. And then occasionally you hear that again, but don't see him, and you're pretty sure that he just turned invisible and came back out again. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Little bugger. Um, right. So as uh, as right as uh, as dawn approaches, the, uh, actually the sun comes up, and as late as it was, these people are probably likely to sleep past dawn. Um, so you can be doing whatever it is you're you're wanting to be doing. At one point, Edwin comes over, and you hear his flap of wings. He's not trying to hide, but he is invisible, and you feel his weight clatter down on your uh, on your shoulder, and his talons sort of click and tick against the wood and metal of your your uh, your framing. And he kind of whisper purrs in your ear. Oh, he can. Uh, oh yeah, he we can, can talk telepathically. telepathically. Right. Yeah. Then never mind. You don't hear it in your ear. You hear this just sort of float across your awareness disembodied, slightly hollow. There's something very strange about this gnome. Something familiar. But I don't know if it's in a good way or not. And I'll respond and say, this, yeah, this is definitely strange. I haven't decided if I like it or not. Do me a favor and just keep an eye on him. Oh, I will. He reminds me of home. Interesting. And you know, when Edwin refers to home, he's referring to the Eleven Hells. Right. Yeah, I'll just say, okay, interesting. Well, let me know if you uh, if you see anything, or remember anything, right. or notice anything. You, uh, you, you don't see anything, but you get this sort of tingle of uh, psychic affirmation. It's almost like the telepathic version of a nod. You just kind of get the mm-hmm. feeling that washes through okay. your mind. Um, yep. And you go about your business, and you can see the the sun begins to rise on the the cobbled streets outside, and the city slowly begins to come back to life. Uh, the rest of you wake, feeling uh, at least somewhat refreshed. It's better than camping out uh, out in the cold on the hard ground, but it's not quite as good as being in your own familiar beds. Uh, you wake with a completed long rest. At this time. Um... Uh... Is anyone? Uh, uh, did I wake up before everyone else because I went to bed before everyone? Oh, probably a little bit, sure. Uh, I'm going to leave a note on the, the thing saying, going to Cartways, we'll be back. Um, and oh, then no. I, And then I get on my... Puff I get on Puff Puff. No, I'm oh. taking Puff But I would have... Would I have seen him? Or can I do a check to know if I saw him leave? I mean... I was awake. Yeah. Yeah, assuredly. So, but basically, as you're sitting there with your eyes closed and and doing your your sort of just think about it meditation thing, um, you feel a sort of uh, urgent telepathic nudge, and you mm-hmm. open your senses to whatever Edwin is trying to show you, and you can see through that sort of wall-eyed lens vision from the ceiling. Apparently, he's clinging to one of the rafter beams, and you can see straight down as Cloak gets himself up. Puff Puff kind of gets up and shakes her head and snuffles at him and licks him, and he pulls out a piece of parchment and starts to scrawl on it. Okay. Um, Once I see him start to leave, I'm going to pretend like I don't hear anything, but I'm going to tell Edwin follow him. 
Okay. All righty. Uh, Cloak, what do you leave on your note? It was just gone to Cartways back in a bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, and then so writing, writing puff, puff to the tannery uh, because no one really knows about the tannery except for us uh, and uh-huh. taking the Cartways through that way. Okay, no problem. Uh, all right, you you head out, you mount up on Puff Puff and trot your way swiftly across the city. Um, as I recall, you're not super too far from the uh, the, the old abandoned tannery in Lower Zobek. So uh, yeah, Landis, you will occasionally uh, get this view from Edwin, who is sort of uh, flying, scurrying, and hopping from rooftop to rooftop. Uh, over the top of the the Upper Zobek District um, toward Lower Zobek and towards the Cobalt Ghetto. Uh, the path is more or less following the river that cuts across the city. And uh, you see that Cloak is just sort of, um, I would say, not exactly casually, uh, moving with purpose and swiftness, but not enough to like draw undue attention, uh, moving across the city. They head into a block of rundown houses that are just on the riverfront. There's a large building there that doesn't look like a house, uh, and it also looks like it's seen so very many better days. Uh, it's uh, weathered, cracked. Many of the windows are broken, and all of them have been boarded up despite that. Uh, it looks like um, the back door has been broken in at least one point and then kind of put back together. And that, I believe, is where Cloak heads to. Uh, he heads around to the back door, um, opens it up, kind of unwedges it, and slips inside. Uh, Edwin has absolutely no trouble finding a way in through a crack in the uh, wooden shingles of the roof and kind of wriggles his way in through the attic and uh, kind of follows Cloak and Puff Puff that way. My sneaky boy. I say, good job, Edwin. At this point, uh, I'd be going into the cartways and blink. Do blink dogs have dark vision? That's a delightful question, and I happen to have. uh, Nope, she does not. She doesn't, so I would need a light source. Um, Correcto mundo. I would uh, then tell. Yeah, I would uh, be like, okay, Papa, I'll be right back. And then I, I, I will actually travel faster without her. Um, okay. Uh, and so, uh, and then like leave her a snack. Um, and then uh, heading into the cartways using my uh, urban ranger skills to okay. quickly and stealthily go through the, um, the cartways to find a route that brings us under... Uh, that uh what is uh the 38 what is 38 called again uh the shrine of no it's, that's not a shrine is it a shrine that they took uh, glass to uh, no they took him to the citadel is that okay it's the giant castle looking thing okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh so i want to i want to uh see if i can find a um uh way from the cartways up to the citadel uh, and not alerting anyone about it and remembering the path. All right. Uh, why don't you make me a pair of checks? I would like a wisdom survival check, please. And I would also like a dexterity stealth check. Okay. Um, let's do survival first. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Stealth, 13. Ooh, God, I'm not doing well. Stealth is a so 13. It's a, it's a five. It, uh, so uh, survival is a five and stealth is 13. Unless, um, is there, no, I'm not tra- tracking, uh, tracing my enemies. Or is it, do I get an advantage? No. I, I always forget what, what natural explorer gives me. It gives you double proficiency bonus on intelligence checks related to your, uh, related to your favorite terrain. Oh, okay. Well, I rolled a one anyway, so. Yep. Uh, so, okay. All right. So uh, you got a survival result of five and a stealth of 13. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. So you spend perhaps, uh, I don't know, a few hours uh, moving about the tunnels, the, the tunnels and catacombs of the cartways, trying to make your way under the river and over toward the citadel. Um there are a few paths that will uh, that will get under all the way under the river. Some of them, you know, have flooded, um, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you can't use them. It just means you'll have to swim and uh, and make it to the air on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. And while you do find some paths into the Citadel District, you're having difficulty locating one that you're at least certain will get you under the walls of the Citadel itself. Um, okay. It seems likely that there are some, but it also seems equally likely that they have taken steps to make render those uh, unusable. Now, if they got them all, or if you could find one of these places and open them, that's a that's another story. But uh, you also find yourself at several points having to evade the presence of other creatures, uh, assuming you just don't want to be seen entirely. Uh, several times yeah. you run across a, uh, a chattering party of kobolds and you realize that you must be close to one of the routes they take to the silver mines beneath the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you stumble across a few places where the pathway is blocked by two humanoid figures that at first remind you of Landis, and then uh, with a little bit more examination, you realize they're not nearly so sophisticated. They're much mm-hmm. chunkier and uh, less uh, less well-articulated, not as delicate in construction, and there doesn't seem to be anything um, sentient about them. They look like they're clockwork guardians or automatons. They're carrying uh, sharp-looking bronze halberds, and uh, guarding a, a stout door. Um, an, at another place, you see these um, clockwork uh, hounds or mastiffs, if, uh, for lack of a better term. Big brass and copper and iron dogs with massive jaws that look like, uh, you know, in the old Looney Tunes cartoons, when they'd have a robot yeah. dog, it would have that giant like bear trap jaw. It has one of yeah. those things going. Looks uh, looks like it's powerful enough to crush bone without trouble. Can I roll Arcana? To see, see what, what you know about these creatures? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You can make an intelligence Arcana check. I'm I'm not I'm not doing it tonight. Mm. I do not know what these are. How'd you do? I got a five. A five, eh? Dice jail. I yeah, All I'll right. roll twenty um, dice jail. Yeah, they they look like clockwork things. Uh 
I'm gonna start rolling uh, my well, actual dice because here I like is, uh, here's a look at one of those guys. Ooh. There you go. Well, he looks all fancy. Dope hat. Yeah. Um, Love the accessories. The the only thing I could think of is rolling uh, a history check to see if I've come across in my like readings of the library if these were known to be guarding the uh, citadel at any point. Are you afraid at the library? Yeah. <laughs> I went with the, I went so, to the library um, the last the time. I didn't realize that yeah, you actually did research there as well. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can go ahead and make an intelligence history check, and if you're proficient, I'll let you double your proficiency bonus for uh, your, your favorite natural explorer. I'm, I'm not proficient. This is straight up just whatever is on the dice. Just a check. 14. Um, All right. Wait. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say Edwin is nearby, mm-hmm. and he can be helpful and give people if advantage. He, if you want him to actually, like, talk and discuss things and reveal his presence, do, then maybe. Since I can hear him, do can I do a check about what I might know about these guys? Or is it all happening too fast? I mean, it's all happening pretty quickly. Uh, okay. you, can, you, can, you can make an intelligence history check, sure. Uh, I got a 14 straight up. Yep, I got you. Oh, I also got a 14. <laughs> All right. So you both know roughly the same then. Um, cloak, because, <laughs> cloak because you've been, um, you know, you've been spooking around doing work in the city for a while and uh, paying attention to the lay of the land and absorbing everything you can from it. And Landis, because you actually spent some time around things like gear forged and clockwork and the places where they're made and maintained. Um, so you would know that these sorts of things are relatively common. You've seen clockwork servitors around Zobek, particularly in the gear district, uh, fairly often. Mm-hmm. These look like they are uh, more well-made than the the sorts of things that you're used to seeing. These these uh, the halberd wielding ones are known as clockwork watchmen. These appear to be some sort of upgraded version, so probably more expensive, placed into a more important position. Uh, so there could be something important about that door, or someone is rich enough to guard their cellar or whatever. Um, you know that okay. they are. Um, supposedly quite resilient when it comes to trying to affect them with magic. Uh, and they are relentless combatants that will, uh, they're impossible to dissuade from whatever their charge may be. They are tireless. Okay. They never rest. They, uh, they never stop until their creators give them another order. Um, okay. The hounds are quite imaginatively enough called clockwork hounds. Um, they are very similar. They are also used for tracking and mm-hmm. uh, bringing down prey and often used to retrieve uh, fleeing individuals rather than simply killing them outright or driving them off. On that note, where am I respectively on the map? Uh, with a five on the survival check, you have really not... Um, mm-hmm. Okay. You're not entirely sure. You know, if you could poke your head up, you'd be able to get your bearings pretty much instantly. But down here, it's just too twisting and convoluted, and you had to take too many switchbacks to avoid detection. I would start uh, making my way back and kind of okay. noting uh, what uh, what happened here. Uh, I'm probably going to have to like try this again later. 
I think uh, I, I think the problem uh, right now, especially how the dice rolls are, I think Cloak is rushing, trying to save his friend, and he's not taking yeah. the precautions he's normally taking. So he's like, <laughs> and he like goes back and he starts uh, making his way to um, back to uh, Larry's shop. Uh, so. On the way down to the cartways, Edwin kind of had to move quickly to make sure he didn't lose Cloak in those tunnels. Uh, on the way back, Cloak still seems um, like he's moving with a purpose, except he seems just a little bit more frantic, Landis. You can hear him kind of uh, chittering to himself in Gnomish and maybe every now and then swearing in Infernal. Um, and he's uh, very upset, um, getting more and more agitated and like trying to every now and then having a moment like no no calm down and then continuing on and then getting worked up all over again and that cycle just sort of ticks over as he makes his way out of the tunnels so uh one thing that edwin wasn't really able to pay attention to on the way down is when cloak returns to the basement of that abandoned tannery that leather where he entered cartways, there is a, an archway that looks like it was fairly recently bricked up uh, and sealed closed, but then busted open. Uh, when you get back through that doorway, there's a basement with, uh, it's all finished in brick with these uh, four square brick columns holding up the ceiling of, above. And there is um, just a rancid stench down here and Edwin is helpfully allowing you to experience this as he does <laughs> uh, you can smell just this terrible stink of old rot gone to mold and you realize that the walls and floor of this room are absolutely painted in old blood there are humanoid remains kind of over in the corner that look like they've mostly been picked clean down to mold-covered bones by rats and vermin. The skeleton's kind of disarticulated and scattered. And it looks like, if you had to imagine, like, you, you know from The Shining when the elevator doors open and the blood just pours into the yes. hallway? It looks like that happened in here at some point in the the fairly, not, not recent past, but not too long ago. So, like, you can still nice. see these clotted scabs kind of wedged in between the mortar of the bricks. And on either side of the room, it looks like there are um, what appear to be almost gutters that have been dug out of brick. And those are just full of writhing vermin and what looks like rotten old blood. I just realized where this is. And there's like a chain or a rope or something hanging from one of the rafters over some of where this blood is, is all over the floor. So that's what you see going Wait. through here uh, the second time. And Cloak do makes I his way out. Any, do I see any symbols or anything like that in the room? Uh, yes, absolutely. It looks like on the wall that is kind of opposite the stairs. So it's on the same wall that had the, the bricked up concealed doorway that's been busted open. So you there, do, in is fact... Is there a pile of ash somewhere? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. It's all really dirty down here. Um, you can see areas where it looks like magical blasts of some sort scoured the brick mostly clean, and then dirt and dust and grime have sort of resettled over those strange areas. Uh, and there are old black symbols that are like old, old, old blood that is sunk into the pores of the brick at this point. Uh, you could make an intelligence religion or intelligence arcana check. Yeah, let's do it. Um... Um, Cloak is going to make a perception check because he's paranoid. One of the dogs followed him and he's listening for noises. Sure. Se 17. 
Cloak, how'd you do? Nat 20. Woo! Nice. <laughs> nice. So what's your total? Uh, that for perception, let me take a look. Uh, that'd be 24. All right, you do hear something scuttle or scrape up towards the ceiling. And it's, I can't see it? Uh, you just heard something. Um, it's pretty dark. Uh, well, it's absolutely dark in here. So, oh, you know what? You have to roll with disadvantage because you don't have a light source, sir. Because it's I have dark dim vision. light for you. Yeah, it's dim light in dark vision. Dim light is disadvantage on perception checks. Uh, that will be a six. <laughs> a six. Okay. <laughs> you see or hear nothing. Okay. Uh, I was really listening for fucking metallic dogs, but, you know, because... Uh, right. Like, uh, you hear nothing that sounds like a metallic dog coming to retrieve you. And as, uh, let's, um... Does Puff, Puff, Puff sense anything? Uh, up at the top? No. Uh, Puff Puff does okay. not sense anything. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna grab her and then, uh, ride her back to, uh, Larry's hut. All right. Um, I love that his name you... is just Larry now. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Uh, Landis, you can see uh, through Edwin that it looks like Cloak is returning. Do you want him to continue following Cloak, or just come on back on his own? Uh, is anyone else awake yet? Um, at this point now, it's probably been about. I mean, it's probably been a few hours at this point. Yeah, they've they've gotten up, they've had breakfasts, they've gotten themselves together. So I'm assuming they are aware that he's gone to the cartways. Yeah, yeah, they found his note. Uh, he left it, okay. uh, you know, right there. Up to this point, I haven't really said anything about it, but now I will say, as I see that he's starting to head back and he's still very agitated and things, I'll look at um, at them sitting there and I say, should we be concerned about your friend? Is he volatile in any way? <laughs> um... <laughs> Thank <laughs> His best friend in the world is uh, captured and awaiting who knows what punishment. Also, he's just a little sneak. Oh, essentially, okay. he's insane and highly dangerous, and he's a lot of knives. And uh, but I wouldn't be worried. Oh. Well, he seems fairly <laughs> agitated at the moment, and I How, am not sure if we should you, leave him alone for much longer. <laughs> did you see him leave? For um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. No. I, no. It really sounds like you did the way you said that. <laughs> Um, Edwin may or may not have noticed his departure, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, What is here and there is that he is is not not doing very well. (laughs) I'm not following this at all, Larry. Uh, yeah, so anyways, he just left the cartways, but he's really agitated, and I'm uh, a little bit concerned about his state of mind. Is the dog what with I'm saying. Him. Uh, gotcha. yes. As long then as it's... he's gone that far back out. Damn. Be fine. <laughs> should not Struggled be to bad. remember a time where something it bad happened so when Cloak was in the car. So bad? 
If, Should I leave Edwin right. with him? Is what I'd like to know. Or can Edwin come mm. back? How much do you worry about losing Edwin? Oh, not at all. Edwin can take Meh. care of himself. Then keep him with him. Okay. Uh, is he gonna get real pissed about that, though? Um, he... I, he sure seems I to have an, uh, interesting relationship with devils. I'm not sure of the whole story. You would have to... Well, I would say you would have to ask him, but he's very obtuse at the best of times. Okay. Well, Edwin stays then. But okay. uh, don't say I didn't tell you guys, and if he gets mad, it's not my fault. I mean, you did leave okay, several hours before you told us. <laughs> so. I mean, he left a note. You guys knew he was gone. It's not my problem. That's true. Oh, did you see the note? It was over there. Oh, no. <laughs> Claire left a note? Yeah, Rowan, <laughs> Rowan most certainly found the note. <laughs> Rowan found the note. Oh, and, and uh, uh, Rowan. Long-suffering sigh. Rowan, we're going to flash back a little bit to when you woke up. Uh, when you woke up, uh, so you kind of just shake yourself awake from whatever vivid dream you were having. And uh, it's funny, your dreams are always incredibly vivid, almost like you're reliving um, some memory from your past or building a new one out of elements that you've experienced. And when you come to, the sunlight is streaming in through the half, uh, half-shuttered half windows, and uh, you kind of gather yourself up, and you look down, and your rune knuckle stones from where you were sort of just absently toying with them the night before are uh, laying where they fell out of your hands, and the pattern that they describe across the stones of the floor suggests to you change, danger, and vigilance. And so, as a result, almost, is watching Landis very warily um, at the table next morning. Sure. Uh, I would, I would say so, like a hawk, but oh, like a crow. Like a crow, yeah. So, calling occasionally, right. Uh, we'll jump forward then to Puff Puff and Cloak returning to the house. Uh, you just kind of knock and make your way in, Cloak? Or just pop on in? I, 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 I walk in very, uh, like, slam the door open and go like, man, right. fuck God damn it. Rowan's elephant seat. Where did you go? Why? You're, the the car, what are you doing? I'm, try, I'm trying. Jesus Christ, let me get a fucking word in because I'm trying to strategize how to get glass back because I can't go. The cartways, the fucking cartways, okay, like I tried to find my way, but I found these fucking robots hanging out in the fucking front of a door and I don't know if I was in the right spot. Excuse me, excuse me, they're not called the robots, they're called clockwork. Okay? That's very racist. We're not all robots. Rolling insight. <laughs> Clockwork are basically robots. No, I mean, stop it, Dan. Uh, you are anyone. <laughs> uh, 16 on insight on Landis's comment about correcting me on semantics. Yes. Uh, Listen, if you were a robot, it would be important I mean, to you too, okay? <laughs> At 16, you, you're really I'm not, not sure, sure about okay. some of the terms and what's going on here. You're not an artificer or a clockwork mage or any of that stuff. So you guys are just kind of throwing words out there and, mm-hmm. like, hoping they stick. And some of them stick. Yeah, it's yeah. working. They have robot dogs. I mean, really, if it works for us, it's fine. 
Don't worry about it, Larry. I'm sorry. Now. What, what were they called? Waterfall manations? I don't know what you said. Clockwork. I don't Clockwork. know what you Metal shiny things. Shiny we things? Call them shiny things. Tink tinks. Uh, so they're the tink tinks. There is a tink tink man. There's a tink tink dog. And um, they're guarding a door. I don't know if that's to the Citadel, because I kind of lost my bearings a little bit under there. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit frazzled. I'm a little bit upset. Uh, I'm going to try again here a little bit. I just need to get further. You need to I be careful. It's, it's fine. It's the courtrooms. But the, you said there was something down there. And remember what's happened down at the courtrooms before? Oh, there were several before. things down there, but I avoided it. We are yeah. still wanted criminals. Speaking of things down there, there was an awful lot of blood. Awful, awful lot of blood. Dried blood. A lot of blood, I'm guys. I'm insight on that. I got a 23. <laughs> uh, well, Landis seems pretty sincere that there was blood down yeah. there. But I, what, what are you? What are you wondering? I don't know. What, like, what, uh, are, you, what are you wondering? What <laughs> Cloak, are you scrutinizing? She's saying weird shit because Cloak wasn't with anyone. He. Uh, oh, he, yes, he's that was. Saying weird that shit. seems. That you don't need to make an insight check for that. Landis okay. is talking about the 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 sub basement of the yeah. tannery where you guys fought blood okay. elementals. Yes, Landis is just waiting for you to figure out that Edwin was there. <laughs> Landis Landis apparently has some means of knowing where you went. Perhaps he followed you. Perhaps he scried on you. You don't know. Have I seen the imp? I've seen the imp. You guys saw lovely. the imp appear the night before. Yeah. I was like, I don't like you now. Oh, I had Puff Puff with me. That. It was fine. Well, you had to leave Puff Puff for a bit. I wanted to make sure everything was all Puff down Puff there. Puff Puff can't go in the dark. How did you I understand. All the way there? I know that Puff Puff can't go in the dark. I sent Edwin with you to make sure that you were all right. It was, I was trying to help. Jeez. You sent an imp after me. Not after you, with you. Those are two very different things. This also seems like semantics. <clears throat> it's a pretty important distinction, though. Lance <laughs> is correct. You hear from the, like, just disembodied from the ceiling. <laughs> He's just <laughs> hanging upside down, staring at everyone <laughs> creepily. He's an, an invisible, yeah. <laughs> right. I like the idea of him being like a Cheshire cat, where sometimes you can just see his little fangs <laughs> you uh you I, stole the moment i was going to have his little glitter oh. teeth show up first and then Perfect. yeah anyway we'll move on sorry <laughs> that's I'm okay when, using primeval awareness all the time now <laughs> when Rowan hears and notices that she she calls out and fall, stumbles backwards probably into Startles. the animal oh cloak yep Cloak, Cloak's not phased by that. Like, yeah, Riordan, uh, Rowan starts and squawks and kind of fluffs back and bumps into you. Oh, right. Don't worry, dear. He's not going to hurt you. Uh, it's true. How long have you been there for? Have... No desire. Huh? How long have you been there for? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I wasn't keeping track about little before Cloak got. No, about the same time Cloak got back. So, I guess the whole time? <laughs> he doesn't wear a watch. <laughs> so, you followed me all the way to the cartways. So, what, what can you tell me about the robots? 
They were clockwork. They were clockworks. Okay, what about them? You see uh, two little beady gleams, like his eyes kind of show up for a second up in the rafters and then vanish. I don't know. I, I, I'll name off like whatever I know about clockwork, but it's going to be the exact same thing that Cloak I knows. mean, yeah, yeah. He'll ra- sh- uh, Landis will rattle off basically all that stuff I already told you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so hey, it, all, it, it okay, checks out. I already, I, already, I already knew all that. Okay, tell me something new. That's all I know. I don't. You're sending you're sending invisible things after me now to watch after me. <sighs> yeah, to watch after you. But as far as the clockworks go, that's all I know. You seem awfully curious for someone who is uh, was only supposed to free us from jail, and then after we left, you're, you're keeping a, a very close eye on us. Well, you happen to still be in my house, and I know at some point. What's his name? Lord Greymark is going to come back and ask me questions. I want to be able to answer them. And on top of that, I'm a little bit curious about those terrifying tablets you had and what's happened to your friend because I myself have never been able to get into the Citadel to check it out. I never really had a reason to, but it's a pretty private place. And I mean, if you've got an excuse to break in and see what's up, I I kind of wouldn't mind tagging along. That's so when all- you mentioned oh, yes, the tablets- they have glass. When you mention the tablets, <laughs> you feel a uh, a psychic shudder from uh, Edwin sort of ripples through your mind and uh, and kind of makes you twitch a little bit. And he, he says telepathically to you, you don't want anything to do with those. They were unwords. Rowan is also In saying... My... Go ahead. You, you do not want to get tangled up with that. Even Graz should not have been tangled up with that. We right, him. but doesn't that mean they shouldn't be tangled up with them either? I feel like if they're as powerful as everyone's yes. making them out to be, perhaps we should at least know where they are Retrieve. so we can do something with them. Retrieve it from people who can be easily corrupted by such power and madness? Yes. Yeah, away from those people. Oh, do you remember the mm. fire, green fire demon that was summoned in the library? Kind of. Rings a bell. I wasn't there for that. I you hear a, from up of the rafters, you hear a, a, at a different part of the ceiling now, kind of behind you, Cloak, you hear, um, <laughs> did you summon demons? No. Well, no, it was because what? of the tablets. It was because someone who, who's, I think it was Glass. But Glass are drawn really fast and kept doing it over and over. And then, like, things lit on fire. And then the fire turned green. And then, like, some books lit on fire. And then, um, yeah, Glass got in trouble. Was he, was he able to read the tablets? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you folks have seen him read and speak and recite from the tablets, and it was uh, not a, a super fun experience. Do you, do you know like after like, uh, you know when you're really sick and you start throwing up. Uh, yes. It's been a while, but sure. Oh, I'm sorry. When you get sparks in your chest, and then, like, oh. you, and, yeah. And, like, imagine yeah, that, like, tenfold, and then someone dumping water all inside of you. And then, yeah. That's that's what, was... like, the four tablets feel like. Oh. Cloak is pulling all this that... out of his ass, by the way. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell. He doesn't know how you work, so he's just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that sounds uh, unpleasant, to say the least. But I I have to wonder, 
if, uh, with me being the way that I am, if it would affect me differently. Well, let's do some science. Try it out somehow. Uh, no, let's just go get the void tablets and you know, just be like, hey, we just need Good to math. do a little science experiment and that will be out to her. Um, sure, I, honestly, if, if you want my opinion, right, um, the void and the tablets are the exact opposite of life and creation as far as my understanding of hanging glass and see how it affects people. Anything that's like bound to like some sort of existence of life such as I don't know how you work but um, if you were you're alive, you're sentient in some sort of way it might still affect you but I mean when we get them you can gladly read from them and when I'm out of the room down the hallway um, and then see what happens but the void seems to corrupt everything it touches I would that say sounds that like a would, terrible idea. I would say that you would be no different. Plus one plan. Yeah, I think, no. um, honestly, I think we gave Glads too long a leash with all of this stuff. You know, and he had his whole angst moment before, and <laughs> then we were like, yeah. oh, maybe we shouldn't judge you. Definitely, we were right in judging before, and Void stuff, as far as I'm concerned, is pretty crazy, so now I'm going to be down the hallway in a different country. In a different so, hall. You said nothing before way. about Glass's void tablets. Excuse me. I did. Honestly, I, I drowned him out. You know what I mean? You were able to transport them, though, correct? We had to put yeah. them in lead, and uh, eventually the lead yeah. would have gotten in the way. We had to get more lead. I don't mind okay. there being but at the void very stuff, least, but using it willy as long nilly. As, we can trans- as long as we can transport them, we should at least try to get them out of the citadel. I don't want them having those things if they're that powerful. We need to get them out of the citadel. There's no question there. And I do not trust half the people in the city now. Well, if I had to... uh, If I had to wager, I'd say that um, Grey fellow uh, might be thinking the same thing. Maybe that's why he freed us. Yeah, that guy. Or maybe that's... What he'll want us to do. Maybe he wants Kramer? And then we'll have to choose. I don't know. Yeah, I also I really want to get paid for the rest of this, so I do kind of need to get that guy out of you there. You're getting paid? She can pay Just a little assume. bit. I assume we're all getting paid. <laughs> I mean, I Interesting assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I mean, Greymark had a deal with me. I don't know about you, but... Um... Oh, no, no, we had the same deal. Actually, yeah. we got, like, triple of what you got, so... Oh, nice. Yeah. We're, we're more experienced right. than better. Sweet. I'm so, sure. Landis, knowing that Greymark is set to return this evening, is there anything yes. else you want to do uh, in preparation for that? Uh, well, I feel like what I'm going to do has a lot to do with what Cloak is going to do, because I feel like Cloak is going to do what Cloak wants to do, and we're all just going to have to deal with that. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> I, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we react. Cloak is in the room, At least when, okay. it, when, it, when it comes to glass, like, I feel like I'd go because your friend is almost in there, all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I mean, quite if you ready to are... make sweeping assumptions about everyone in this room, so. Yeah. Uh, so it's up It's up to you. We can, I know that you want to get your friend out as quick as possible. 
I don't think going in the middle of the day is the best idea. And Graymark is coming back this evening. So if you want to wait and see what he has to say, we can do that. Otherwise, we can give it know, a week, you know, gear up. see how it feels. Yeah. I, I like what Larry's saying. Maybe move a little faster than that. But. What what are we going to do with him? Yeah. To return. Class. I don't know him. Riodan, you're somewhat familiar with the Order of the Undying Sun since you grew up mm. in uh, the Blood Kingdom. And mm. as far as you know, their general default stance, thank you, uh, in dealing with whatever they consider an enemy is to burn it somehow. Usually yeah, the this sun is why Riodan when, they, uh, inputs... when they manage the yeah. vampires, but uh, but yeah. This is why Riodan is uncomfortable with the idea of rescuing uh, <laughs> class. Well, because he doesn't want to be burned alive. But he would say, well, you know, those guys are quite burny um, I w in general. Um, a lot of flames, a lot of fire. Very hot. Um... And I can never stand the heat. Well, you know, question. Glass uh, likes question. the heat. You know, he's from that place oh, with those no. suns. With with stuff, the knowledge it? that he'll be fine. With the knowledge that Glass is the only one that knows anything about these void tablets, as you call them, is it possible they'd keep him alive to try to get information out of him about them, or do you think they just knock him down, be done with it? Let me tell you this: if I was in their position. Um, I would burn him right away. Uh, crisp, like that. I'd hear his I'm voice, always... and I'd just burn A font him. Font of empathy. <laughs> well, you know, that's just... And I've worked... I've seen these people's work firsthand, let me tell you. I've had plenty of friends burned alive by them. Um, some I liked more than others. Uh, irrelevant. Either way, they end up burned, is what I'm saying. Um... So let's put on some sun cream if we're going in there. <laughs> if you're going in there, because I don't want to get... But I'm not sure I'm making a lot of sense here. What I'm saying is they're very scary people. Maybe we should just leave them alone, you know? I, is oh. this guy not your friend? I'm confused now. Maybe. No, he's, he's always like this. Glass? You know... Yes. But do you want to die or not? Do you want vengeance or not? I don't know what your lack of choice is nowadays. Uh, I suppose they are heretics, aren't they? They are heretics. Yeah. They are. And they said you've you got suck. me there. Well, no one would ever say that. But uh, they probably feel it in their hearts. Yeah. Aren't you a vampire or something, though? Like, you literally. Do, Excuse me, uh, Mr. That's Laris. what I'm calling um, you a robot. Yes. I know, that's why Very I did it, to show you how much it hurts. Well, I'm a gnome, oh, sir. Oh, oh the, 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 the bitter, bitter taste of my own poison. Oh, it's uh, whew, my own medicine. Oh, that's bad. Um, yeah, no, I'm a dampier. Um, we're kind of a level above the vampires. Um, well, Gearforged are a level above the clockwork. Thank you very much. Right. Are you, though? Or is I that am just a level above all this shit. Do you want me to take you right back to them? Because I'll do it. Uh, uh, no, what you're talking about is going to see them, and I'm thinking maybe just 
push that one back a week or two. Or three. I... Hey, that's up to you guys. Four. Hey, how many things do you have that to be five. Can everyone make me a charisma saving throw? Because I'm casting uh, um, calm emotions. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I think I have something about this, don't I? You have advantage on charisma saving throws against spells. It, yeah. Okay. I have 14. I've got a 14 as well. Come on, uh, what was both oh. fail? 19. You pass. It was a 15 to beat. So, uh, I'm currently... Wait, does Lantis count as a humanoid? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. He does. Um, does it... So it only affects it humanoids? Only affects humanoids in a 20-foot radius sphere. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a humanoid. I remember reading that. Yep, he totally is. Uh, so you hear a um, kind of a soft, almost like a hissing intake of breath from somewhere up near the ceiling. Hush you. Boss, <laughs> you hear in your mind, Landis. Boss, you okay? Yeah. You just and I say back to yeah. my head, I'm just like, yeah, everything's gravy. I'm great, actually. I, I, I think the Raven folk just cast a spell on you. Oh. You hear sort of... Huh. In a very weird cadence, everybody calm yourselves. Put your toggle to calm down. I'm very relaxed. <laughs> I'm, I'm right, super uh, calm. Cloak, I don't know. Cloak appears to be unaffected by the spell. Riodan has like settled down into the comfy chair and is just like stretching his legs this out. Is a great chair. I never realized it was this furry. <laughs> right? It's nice. I know. I gotta have somewhere comfortable to sit. You know, I'm gonna have to find. I don't sleep. I don't know if you know that. I didn't, but that's great. I'm gonna have to find the person who made this chair and personally thank you for just how fluffy it is. Yes, I'm gonna have to hunt them down and find them, just to thank them for this. What were we talking about? (laughs) A little aggressive, but okay. Can I roll? No, no, I'm going to find them. Yeah, you can. Oh, sorry. Oh, if you're rolling against uh, me, sure. Yes, yes, you can. You can make an intelligence right. arcana check. I got, a, I got an eight. Happen. I got an, an eight. eight. <laughs> I imagine. I, imagine I mean, I'm like... you're, you're fairly certain Rowan cast a spell of some sort, but you don't know exactly what. You seem did fine. You them, did you get them high? <laughs> They're being a no, I, I, I just. Oh, had drugs around here. Did someone say that? Oh, I don't have any drugs. Oh, well. Drugs right. don't work on me. So, is there basically just that. going to be extended banter until the evening, <laughs> or is there something specific um, anyone would like to do? I intend to extend it. Had... <laughs> yes. All right. Now that so, Rowan's so calmed the... them down, because all right, like the, the spell only lasts for a minute, but I would assume that sure. now they've they have come down from that uh, rage. She's gonna say so. Shall we talk calmly and evenly without insults from anyone about how we are going to do this? We're going to go in the cart rows. I think the question was if we're going to do it. Then we are. Okay. You want to get paid, we want to save our friends, and Riordan wants more drugs. All vengeance. Or both, and, yeah. and and I guess we're the new drug. Yeah, of evil hands or something like that. Blah blah. blah. Mm. Tablet. Confusingly, yes. there's a new drug named Vengeance, and I also want that. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible like. 
it's quite bad. Um, okay, well, if we're going to do this, let's let's not get arrested and burned. Okay, I don't burn well. I severed Do you want to wait for so what's wait his name to show up? Uh, you hear yes. Ed, uh, Edwin sort of slowly appears with the shimmer of all the, the drips of metal uh, all over his crimson skin, and he's kind of hanging upside down. His claws are dug into the wood of one of the rafters. You can see little scratch marks where it looks like he does this fairly often. Uh, his wings are folded against his back, and each of the little crest of tiny horns on his head, each one is tipped with a, like a little blob of metal that dripped down and then hardened, so it looks almost like a little crown that he's wearing, a little crooked bent crown. And he kind of tilts his head and looks at Rowan and says, Are you telling me that you want to go try to break the Trollkin out of the Zobek Citadel today, before Greymark comes back to cough up the rest of his payment? I was under the impression that you had to complete the job for the rest of your payment. The job isn't completed, well, not all out. Right, but he's going to come back today anyway, so would you like to get some perspective from him first, or find out if maybe you might get a cut of something as well for completing a task for him? He seems, like I said, to have a lot of cash on hand. He might right, also so... be able to help us in some way. My advice is try to just get paid. And if he wants you to go after the Trollkin, well, maybe then you have to, he says to, to Landis. And then he looks over to the rest of you. The rest of you, uh, if you were to go charging off in Assault the Citadel, where the Griffin Knights and the Blue House and the City Watch and oh yeah all those gear forged soldiers and the order of the undying sun not to mention any of the other knightly or paladin orders or mercenaries that are there are between you and your friend you just want to go screaming in there then best of luck uh boss i suggest well, you don't do that because that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard well, I wasn't going to just screaming in there. He makes uh -huh. a few really good points. Oh, never mind the plans. Points. Never the plans take advice so from an imp, they give the worst advice. Does he, though? <laughs> yeah, sure they do. Sure. But they perhaps do. he He's should never stop playing devil's advocate. Ah. Oh, ouch. Well, that's what you are, isn't it, a devil? Of course. And you are advocating but, uh, for not rescuing our friends when I am advocating for my employer to not throw his life away on a frivolous outing that is damn near suicidal. You want to break the Trollkin out, fine. If you just go running in there, you have almost no chance of success. But I agree. I'm just an imp, so don't take my advice if you don't think it's sound. I don't care. This is a weird relationship between. Uh, he's saying that to the rest of you. He looks at uh, he looks at Landis and says, "Boss, don't follow them. They're either suicidal or idiots. Maybe both." Yeah, he's never steered me wrong before, so I don't know. I personally am going to wait until Gray Mark gets back. I'm going to tell him what happened. I'm going to see what he wants me to do, if anything, or if he's just going to pay me. Um, I I think he. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think going in there right now is, is a good idea. I'm not saying about going in there right now, but I am going to try to find a way in there so we have a plan at least. I think well, it would be easier. Was saying go in there today. 
Who said what? Well, that today, one. tonight. He points a he points a bony so... claw with uh, that's been dipped in silver, almost like um, almost like a bad manicure, and it has like a little chip of quartz or topaz or something set in it that glints in the candlelight. So... Says that silver, one said silver. to go in there now. Silver, silver. Silver, silver. Yeah, silver, silver. Shut away. Yeah, he's, he's remember. He, so, oh, uh, Moth, you weren't here. So, Edwin is an imp, kind of, you know, you know, standard yeah. imp look, right? Yeah. But over his horns, on his claw tips, and kind of stippling his skin, it looks like he was drizzled in molten metal, molten gold and silver, and it just kind of hardened in these little, uh, like almost like when you drip wax, or uh, it's, it'd be more thick, like sealing wax. Uh, like someone melted the metal and strained it through a colander, and he just stood under it and got like showered in a little spray of this uh, this molten precious metal, and then it hardened on his skin, and it's dripped down his horns, so it looks like a little crown, and like he dipped his finger, his uh, claw tips in it, so it's almost like they're painted or manicured, and they have little bits of uh, semi-precious gemstones kind of chipped and stuck in it here and there. So he kind of glitters in the light, and it's uh, oh, strange look. looking. Yeah. That's that's a fashion statement. If it's mm -hmm. actual silver, she's there is very actual unfair. silver and gold, but it's not like a silver weapon. Like maybe if he okay. scratched you with his little claws, it would hurt. I wasn't advocating for going rushing in right now. I would prefer though that we do it within the next few days, lest we be dealing with a dead trokin and a potentially lost artifact which could endanger the entire existence of this city, of us, of potentially the world. Seems a little dramatic, but little taking dramatic. a few oh. days to come up with a better plan than get him seems like a good idea. And if you want to do that, boss, that's your business. Well, hmm. while you guys figure out yeah. what you want to do, I'm going to go back to the cartways and see if I can find a path. <clears throat> I think best man um, is trying to convince this gray fellow to help us. Cloak, uh, you know that you can maybe just kind of scour your way around and eventually find a path. Um, you're not sure how long it will take. Um, that might, depending on how well they have closed any of the entrances to the Citadel, that might I mean, it might be an endeavor of hours, or it could be something on the way of, like, days and needing to figure out where a passage was and then opening it and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, just, trying to random, just trying to randomly find it on your own, you have no idea how long that's going to take. Because it's midday right now? Yeah, it's, it's probably creeping up close to noon at this point. Yeah, and he's not going to be here until this evening. So I was like, well, I'm not going to sit around doing nothing. So, uh, and then Cloak, uh, and he tells Puff Puff to stay there. He's like, no, stay here. That's that's so for the And then he he walks out the door. All right, so you're just going to go kind of spend the day searching the uh, the cartways. Uh, this time he's gonna uh, he's going to sneak over. He's gonna um, slightly get to the fuck house and then. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, take the cartways that way. Take a different angle. Okay. So about noon on the following day. Can, can we All go right. back to so... the <laughs> for a trip? Fuck house? Fuck house? Fuck house? That's good. Fuck out. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get this party started. All right. Uh, so, Cloak, are you taking Puff Puff or no? No. Okay. So you're going on your own. Everybody else going with Cloak or no? 
No, and, and no. I'm not sending Edwin. I have a different job for him. Okay, so Cloak yeah, I don't get takes killed. his leave. Uh, uh, I... we... No, Cloak wouldn't want anyone to go with him because he's better Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. Um, yeah. f- so Tilly, for a moment, will pick up her shield and say, you know, I could send Baldwin with him to fly over and just kind of keep an eye on him, which is appropriate because he only has one eye. And uh, and then Paula sort of shakes Good her head and work. says, you don't think a gleaming silver raven is going to attract attention? Certainly if the people are looking for us, they have to know about some of our tricks. And so she kind of, oh, I suppose that's right, kind of settles back. Worst comes to worst, I can keep an eye on you if you've been too long. But I, you do this often enough. If something happens, then we we should know. I'm trying to say I trust you. Do your <laughs> thing. Are, are you talking to Cloak? Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, Cloak, Cloak's already out the door. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's, he's like, it's, oh, four miles. Brother, it's, it's just me. <laughs> me and Lance. <laughs> just us. Like, pop up, like, sitting in front of you, and you're like. Landis looks really sincerely at Rowan and goes, you know what? Thank you. I trust you, too. <laughs> uh, when Cloak leaves, uh, Puff Puff kind of hops up on uh, a bench or kind of table that's near the window and just sort of sits and looks out the window as Cloak heads off down the street. Rowan's gonna go pat her. And you can see, like, as he, you know, goes by, you see her tail kind of give a two or three little half-hearted twitches not quite wagging, and then it just kind of drops limp as he heads off down the street. Okay, well, so Cloak takes thing, his I leave. Some jerky. Anybody? <laughs> Feed the dog. Uh, you said, Landis, that you have another job for Edwin. Yes, I do. I would like to ask Edwin, and this is all going to be telepathically because I don't want right. to give away exactly what we're doing, but I want to send, um, or I'm going to tell him, I say, Edwin, I need you to do me a favor. Yes. Last, last night was a little nuts. I need you to go to the tavern, whatever one is closest, and I'm sure. um, stay invisible keep quiet and listen. I want to hear if anyone is talking about what happened last night or whether they know we're involved or if they're looking for the rest of them. I want to know what the word is. Interesting. All right, so you want me to go and just listen and see if anyone is talking about the strange incidents of last night round about the pastures in the Citadel. Yep. All right. Get me some gossip. I can do that. So I'll probably head to somewhere in the docks or the Citadel District rather than here, closer to where it went down. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you think. That sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Back in a few. And there's a <laughs> and he vanishes, and you hear a <laughs> flutter of wings and a scraping uh, as he probably goes out one of the upstairs windows, so that has like a little cat flap sort of thing for him. <laughs> right. Cat flap. Yes. Exactly. Or uh, even uh, maybe a little more disturbing, there's actually sort of a fluff of embers in the fireplace as he just climbs up the fireplace and goes up. Oh, yeah. 
You can see him like like something invisible uh, kind of draws sparks off of the burning logs and knocks a few of them over and they clunk in the iron grate and you can hear scratching and scrabbling as he invisibly just climbs through the fire and up the chimney and out into the sky. Perfect. Alright, so anything pressing the rest of you are doing while Cloak pops over to the Silk Scabbard? After hearing what the imp was saying, Rowan just has no idea what to do. As in to get Glass out. Hmm. Uh, let me see what right. I can do. Well, that's fine. We'll uh, we'll we'll hop over to the gnome ghosting his way across town. Are you going subtly or quickly or casually? Depends on what I see. Like if I start seeing a lot of Don's guard walking around, he he will be uh, subtly, but he'll walk casually. Um. Until, because if you act like you're supposed to be there, then no one really t- takes a second eye at you, right? Got it. So you're just going to kind of blend and uh, walk around like there's no reason in the world you shouldn't be out in the open on the sidewalk. Got it. Uh, you yep. do not see any Order of the Undying Sun um, as you travel, and they're not really all that common. So when you started seeing them more and more uh, around Lower Zobek and the like, uh, that was actually mm-hmm. a bit out of the order. It's not unheard of to see them around the city somewhere here and there, because there are a few, but they're not like yeah. a regular watch. Okay. Uh, Rowan, we, something? Yeah. Well, one, we saw them after we uh, dug that thrall out of the grave, didn't we? I believe the first time you saw them is after you fought the, the vampire thrall uh, in the graveyard, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, well, Rowan's going to actually do an augury. Okay. Well... Uh, Cloak's gone. Like you are casting the spell Augury? Yes. Actually casting the spell. Let us Augur. Um, I know it says um, you you receive an omen about a specific course of action that you plan to take, but I'm looking... You plan to take. Okay. You plan to take. Yeah. So you might be looking for something more along the lines of the divination spell. Yeah, I might Which be. I might be you do have access to. So, if you want to make that fine. one of your, if you want to do a little retcon and make that one of your prepared spells for the day, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, your magic and an offering put you in contact with a god or a god's servants. You ask a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to occur within seven days. Yeah. Uh, go back over to Clark while I figure this out. So this is going to cost you some sort of offering appropriate to your beliefs, um, along with incense, the total of which uh, costs about 25 gold, and you know that they'll be consumed by the spell. So you do have to offer up a sacrifice to Wotan to make this happen. I mean, um, we could consider the course of action that you suggested and see if that's a good idea, if the stones like it, just to confirm well, that waiting is a good plan. That that is the plan. I just do you have anything interesting to offer to a god? Uh, I have lots of interesting what? things. What kind of things do you need for your god? Yeah. What are we talking here? Uh, well, maybe bones, some kind of Well, the most offering. The most iconic sacrifice regarding Wotan and searching for knowledge is giving up an eye. But uh, I don't know that you want to go that route. 
True. You've already that. you've already given him one. Yeah. Would he take a fake eye? I I make some of those for clients every once in a while. Uh, actually, Rowan, he might, uh, especially if it is of sufficient value. Take the image of an eye. That 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 would actually probably work. It's worth a try, I suppose. It's, it it may interest him. He might not have seen such an interesting artifact before either. Sure, I've got some samples that I use. Uh, so he's going to bring out a little box. And since he's a jeweler, I mean, this is the kind of thing like he would do on a special custom order for a client because he's got molds and he's got all the right materials and things like that. So uh, sometimes when an adventurer or a, a very rich person has lost an eye, they'll come to him. So he brings out a little box and inside the box, it's uh, velvet lined and he'll open it up and you'll see basically just different little eyeballs made out of the different precious materials. Like there's a gold one, silver one, there's like a diamond one. There's just um, all the different samples that he would show to someone so that they could select what they would like their eye to be made out of. Right. So yeah, you see a selection of glass eyes. Many of them are just glass. Some of them actually have precious uh, inlays to create the look of an iris. Um, yeah, so you can probably find one that about fits the bill. It would probably mostly be glass and then have, say, a green iris made of serpentine or jade. I was thinking that maybe just a tiny bit of brass or bronze in it. Uh, sure. He's not fancy, but he would appreciate this oddity. Sure, pick which one you want. I can always make another one. I'm just yeah. So you can, you can, you can pick up a glass eye that has a a street value of about twenty five gold. That's fine. (laughs) And I suppose this shall do. Well, you seem confident. I can be helpful. I always thought you have been, Larry. I feel Cloak is just a very suspicious person. Don't take it personally. Listen here, Danny boy. My name is Landis. Why didn't you just say so? I did. Like, at least four times since we met. I'm not sure about that, but point taken. Thank you. All right. Uh, okay, so you lay so out put your... the eye in her little brazier. Yep, put it in the brazier, you light some incense, and uh, you begin meditating on what you wish to ask. Um, So yeah, what single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to occur within seven days do you wish me to offer a truthful reply? Uh, It has to be about gloves, doesn't it? It has to be about that thing I said. Should we wish... Or attempt to break out glass. What woe will befall us? Mm. All right. So you like the incense. You, want to be. you uh you speak your you speak your prayer and ask your question. When Rowan 
asks that question, it's not in her own voice. It's in a deep sort of echoey voice. You can hear elements of Rowan's voice in it, but there's something else there as well. And it just kind of causes the hair to stand up on the back of your neck. Landis, you, you of course, don't have that physiological response, but it, it causes some of your gears to kind of miss time in their, uh, in their turning as they tick over and causes your arm to, like, twitch in a tiny little spasm. Rowan. Yep. The answer that comes back is... The servants of the sun will seek to burn. The swords and shields of the free will shackle. Paths may open beneath walls and between bars. The questions decide the paths. Your lucky numbers are Five. Thirteen. Yeah. Twelve. Sixty-nine. Nice. And so that's... Alright, that is like... that is your answer. Well, that was cryptic as fuck. Do we all hear it, or or just uh, Rowan hears it? Uh, I'm going to say that Rowan speaks the answer to her own question, in this thready, breathy, ethereal sounding uh, man's voice. The servants of the sun will seek to burn. The swords and shields of the free will shackle. Paths may open beneath walls and between bars. The questions decide the paths. And then she sort of blinks and comes back to herself. I'm sorry, what just happened? Uh, Landis, my god. Wotan, Landis. Well, now that introductions are out of the way, we need to decrypt this. What did you do? divination I called I called upon the power of my god huh I've never seen it done like that before it's divination Weird. my dear Landis yes <laughs> I don't know if I no. like right. it to so, be honest Rowan, I, I I Rowan very clearly the first two lines are talking about the sort of you know problems you're going to run into trying to pull this thing off. Mm. Uh, the last two lines don't feel like they're a direct answer to the you know, ideas of woe or peril, though they could be. It seems almost like um, I don't know, you could make a, a wisdom insight check to try and interpret it. Absolutely. Thank you. 21. 21. Um, okay. So while those... It's strange, and it is cryptic, and there's really not a whole lot to go on, but the feeling you get as you spoke and heard the pronouncement is that those second two lines, while they do speak of some sort of peril or danger, they're also suggesting some means of hope. There's 
something to this. You know, you heard what he, I, what he said. Do you have any thoughts on this? Felt like a no, as in not a good idea. Wait for, um, you know, Mr. Gray <clears throat> face, uh, feather person. That's what it felt like to me. I mean, I what, did, what did you think, uh, Landis? Felt like a I don't know. Eyes, holes opening up between bars. I mean, are we going to, like, be letting every criminal in the Citadel out? Or is this... I don't, that didn't sound good. That's all I know. I'm not sure if it's always mm. so straightforward. This, the swords and the shields of the three will shackle. I'm, I suppose that would be for us the danger of being captured again. What questions, mm. though, were they talking about? The questions decide the path. Or is that the question? Did I just fix it? Probably not. It's never quite fixed. Let me say plainly, he's helpful, but he's always cryptic as, well, the hells. So it will, the path will become clear at some point, but, well, shit. <laughs> I will need to muse on this more, but it's not entirely bad, except for the part where they might burn. Okay, so yeah, you got a twenty-one. Bad. So basically, I mean, you you got a twenty-one to interpret it. So yeah. it's telling you that there are, and you could parse out the servants of the sun. That's easy. That's the the order of the undying sun. Um, The Swords and Shields of the Free probably refers to the soldiers of the Free City, and that runs the the gamut uh, as to who that could be, really. Um, So basically, you're wanting to assault a citadel that is just bursting at the seams with soldiers, but this seems to be telling you that there are ways if you can find them. And it suggests that depending on what questions or possibly who you ask, there may be multiple ways to circumvent some of these problems and get you inside. That sounds smarter. That's probably, that sounds better than what I thought. I have a (laughs) feeling I, I know who we might be able to talk to. Who? Probably you. uh, I'll have, I'm sure you've heard of the Cloven Nine. Yeah. Well, we may have to pay them another visit. I feel like they may... Another visit? You hang out with those guys? A little bit. You guys, you have you have some strange company for just regular old city folk, I must say. Listen. Um, I'm not exactly city folk, I suppose. Living in a city, ain't and- you? Edwin just sort of Edwin just sort of laughs about the idea that the the suggestion that Riordan made that he's not city folk. Alright, so we're (laughs) going to take a moment and jump over to uh, over to Cloak. Cloak, you make your way across the city with really no trouble whatsoever. You see a few city watch 
on the way. Mm-hmm. You see um, perhaps a, a cleric or even maybe a paladin servant of one of the many temples. Uh, you see a small contingent of, uh, if you had to guess, you would say that they were um, servants of Mavros Brun. Uh, they're hard-looking warrior women with dark-complected skin and their uh, their dark hair sort of bound back and out of the way. They're wearing um, kind of half-plate armor and carrying longbows. And uh, you see all sorts of these servants of justice and uh, great dealers in martial death all around, and they don't pay you any attention whatsoever. You just scoot right on past. You get the occasional look from people who aren't used to seeing a gnome, but... Again, this is Zobek. This is the heart of the crossroads. Here, mm-hmm. people from every walk of life in all corners of Midgard might rub elbows from one day to the next. You make your way across town, down into Lower Zobek, and uh, you're approaching the Silk Scabbard. Up ahead, you can see that a crowd has gathered. Okay. There is a murmur of voices, uh, a bit of commotion. And, uh, yeah, you can see people just sort of, like, pressing up against kind of the the corner and spilling out into the street and, uh, and, and sort of, like, craning their necks over to get a look. Uh, you hear a few muffled shouts that sound like they came from inside a building, which, from your vantage point, is probably the Silk Scabbard. You hear a sharp cry of pain or distress and a few guttural barked orders that you really none of this you can really make out you can just kind of get the tenor of what it's what it is mhm uh can i roll a perception uh to see if i can kind of focus in on the the i mean not really it's just like okay. you can hear shouting but can't really make out the words that sort of thing uh, i know this you area just... pretty well um yeah is there is there a way I can kind of like sneak around uh, and see what's going on past the the crowd? Yeah, so you want to maybe duck into an alley and take a shortcut around to the front of the block to try and see what's going on, or maybe even clamber up like a balcony and try to climb up to the uh, the roof of a, a building nearby to get a better look. Yeah, yeah. Um... Right. So with your uh, with your knowledge of Zobek and particularly having focused on the uh, the region surrounding the Silk Scabbard, you know that one of the buildings nearby has a second floor balcony, and it actually has a fairly sturdy gutter mm-hmm. with uh, largish brackets that you can use the bolts as decent footholds to climb up, and then from the balcony you can get up onto the cover and then onto the roof. Okay. You, you spend a little time just making your way over there. You scrabble up the balcony. Why don't you make me a dexterity stealth check to see how well you can avoid being noticed while you do this? Uh, 22. 22. Nice. Uh, all right. So you uh, very quickly make your way up the gutter. And thankfully, it looks like it has been recently tightened, whereas it might have started to come loose and maybe the bolts mm-hmm. were rusting a little bit. Uh, but it is now firm against the stone wall, and so you're able to scrabble up without making it uh, give off any noise and betray your your path. You climb up onto the rail of the balcony, and from there you sort of shimmy up onto the like awning cover that shades the balcony, and then up the mm-hmm. side supports of that onto the flat roof of the building 
building sort of across the street from the silk scabbard to the to the side. So you uh, you head over to the top of the wall, which has a little bit of a lip, and you kind of hunker down and, and peek up over. And you come out just in time to see uh, a, a fairly dismaying sight. There are two of those wagons that you recognize from the night before. They have uh, soldiers in white and bronze armor uh, mm. standing on the buckboards, several others wielding pikes uh, and waiting at the open doors of the barred carriages, and they have those lanterns that seem to be gleaming with bright light even though it's, it's broad daylight outside. There's another cry of pain, and uh, you hear a man's voice say, Move on! Get outside, and uh, you see Kaja very forcefully pushed out of the open door of the silk scabbard and uh, has her arm sort of held behind her at her lower back by one of these soldiers. And she is not really struggling, um, but she's uh, almost like she's trying to turn and argue, and they're just not having it. And uh, her face is covered in that stern mask that you're used to seeing, but you can also see that the mask is cracked and fear is beginning to leak through. Uh, and sh as she is pushed closer and closer to the carriages, that fear starts to deepen. Uh, behind her, you see several more people that you recognize from the Silk Scabbard being dragged out by soldiers. Uh, you recognize three of the uh, companions, one of the bar servers, and one of the uh, gambling dealers uh, from the okay. second floor are all being dragged out. And you can see that several of them already have irons on them. And you can see that uh, the dealer, it looks like he has uh, been in a bit of an altercation. His, uh, his lip is bloodied. He's staggering a little bit. And you can see that they've kind of two soldiers each have him by one arm and are kind of frog-marching him out toward the, the carriages. And you watch as the din grows and people get a little bit more dismayed as these folks are uh, dragged into the carriages and the doors are locked. How many guards are there? Uh, let's see. At the glance that you can see now, there were probably six taking people out oh. from, uh, from inside. There are two each additionally beyond that on the, the carriages. And then you can see who must be the leader of this little endeavor comes out. It's a knight in more, slightly more resplendent plate armor. Uh, mm -hmm. it's a woman. She has short cropped blonde hair. Uh, her skin, which given her hair, uh, the lightness of her eyes, and the, the features that proclaim that she's, you know, a, a northerner would probably have been fair at one point, but it's pretty well sun-kissed now. Uh, she has mm -hmm. a pretty deep tan. And she comes out and sort of spins on her heel and is pointing her finger sternly back in toward the doorway. And she says, I don't care what connections you have, innkeeper. Our authority here is beyond reproach. If you want to talk to your friends in high places, maybe you can get them to turn us away the way they turned away the watch. But I'm not having any more of it from you today. And rest assured, this isn't over. And she kind of glares into the darkness and turns and then climbs up on the lead carriage and orders them to move out. And they begin taking Kaja and several of the others away. Each of those people who was dragged out, you recognize as having been a worshiper in the temple beneath the silk scabbard. 
Okay. Uh, I wait for him to, to go away and the, the crowd to disperse. Uh, and then I go down and then I stealth into the uh, the scabbard. Uh, I imagine Which, they were talking to the owner, so... I mean, into the front door? Uh, that's not really doable. Um, Is there guards? Well, like, they don't leave the door standing open usually, and remember, the door is almost like an airlock where you have to get, like, uh, cleared and passed into the, in through the second door into the bar itself. They have, like, that clockwork sliding door okay. that only opens from the inside. Is there a window I can get into? There are windows, like a sure. second level. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna yeah, there, get yeah, in. Yep, yeah, you can try that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to like Jackie Chan from the roof into like another window. Uh, okay, so you'll have to get across the street to get onto the Soak Scabbard's roof. Do you wanna? Do you have a? How far away to... is that? Uh, I mean, it's a fairly wide street, so I'd say twenty feet. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do that shit. Um, uh, never, I'm not. I'm not that awesome. Um, well, at the boots of striding. Oh, they only up my movement. So, uh, what I'm gonna do? Are then they? Is... Are they? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are they boots of swift striking? The the ones from the cobalt or from the uh, the Zobek gazetteer? Or are, they, or are so. they striding and springing? Uh, I just believe they are striding, and I can't. Because I remember they give me plus 10 to my movement. Uh, boots of the Swift Striker. Yeah, okay. So those don't do anything yeah. for your jumping distance. No. Um, so, yeah, yeah. No, I found it uh, on my other sheet. Um, and so, uh, yeah. The, what I'm uh, going to do that... Alternatively, you could use your trick to go ethereal for a round and probably make it. Oh, that's very true. I could probably make it if I did that. Um... And you could even yeah. slip through the wall. And I can get to the cartways from within the scabbard, right? Yes. You do know that there's an entrance to the cartways in the silk scabbard. But you also know that the Morena temple is down there, and these people were worshippers at that temple. So you don't know if they grabbed them from there or if they got them from work in the bar. Yeah, okay. Um, I am... Because I know someone's inside. Uh, yeah, let's do... Um, hmm? Uh, I, I was going to say, so, like, I, I, you're waiting for the crowd to disperse. So you see um, in the shadows of that uh, of that entryway, um, a figure steps not all the way out, but forward enough. And you see the uh, immaculately uh, styled hair uh, with the cap perching atop of it and the perfect lines of the overcoat that tells you that Tyron, the, the proprietor of the Silk Scabbard, is there. And that must have mm -hmm. been who the uh, the night woman was, was reprimanding and berating. And he oh, kind so of he... turns, uh, says something to his people, the door closes, okay. and then the crowd slowly starts to scatter with just gossip uh... a titter. Okay, uh, so as the door closes, like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump uh, as far as I can go, and then ethereal jump, uh, jaunt, and be like, and then, like, uh, <laughs> basically uh, ethereal jaunt into um, the establishment. Uh, do I know where he is? When, or can I? I mean, no. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, I'm going to ethereal jaunt into the uh, second level, 
and kind of so like it takes you. It takes you a bonus action, and you can ethereal ethereal-ness for one round. Yeah, so that's why I jumped all the way across. So I probably could jump like a good distance, and then ethereal jaunt, and then get the rest of the way in, and then get into the tavern. What is your strength score, sir? Uh, I think believe thirteen. Thirteen. All right. So you get a you get a good running start. You uh, your your little legs propel you toward the lip. Uh, at, the, at the edge of the roof, the low half wall, you vault up onto it and launch yourself with uh, a, a little grunt of effort out into the street, into the air over the street, your arms and legs sort of windmilling. And after you clear just about half the distance and you can feel the pull of the earth dragging you down to snap your bones on the cobblestones, you let go go of yourself and you slip between the veil between this world and the next and everything goes gray and ghostly and you cease falling and just sort of drift forward so you can continue your movement you just kind of fly through the air with uh, with the effort of thought you drift across the street you can see below these hazy gray blackish charcoal smear shadows of the people mm -hmm. uh, who just kind of noticed something up there and looked and don't see anything now and kind of shrug and go about their business. Their voices are strange and echoey as if they're coming to you down a long, narrow metal hallway. And you just sort of glide over their heads, apparently unseen, mm -hmm. and you drift right through the seemingly solid plaster and timber construction of the walls of the silk scabbard. There's a, a faint... It feels almost like uh, it's not like diving into water. It's like diving into something thicker and firmer, uh, like maybe stiff mud, except you can feel it passing through you instead of around you. And then after mm -hmm. that uh, half heartbeat, you find yourself stepping into the, the hazy ethereal reflection of the silk scabbard. And uh, you're in one of the suites in the upper floor. It is currently empty which mm -hmm. uh, works out okay, is about this time your etherealness ends and the fabric of the planes rolls back and pulls you back under the material plane. <laughs> uh, then I just kind of casually walk out of the room and uh, yep. I'm going to stealth because I don't know who is in here uh, sure. at this time. Uh, okay. So a 13. All right. Um, so and... you creep you creep over the door, very carefully open it, uh, and you can see there's a little bit of a signs of a scuffle up here on the second floor. It, it looks like mm -hmm. uh, one of the uh, serving folk from the Silk Scabbard is busy turning uh, an overturned chair back up and putting it back where it goes and mm -hmm. uh, picking up a spilled tankard and beginning to clean up the mess. Okay. Um, I'm going to look for... Who's the proprietor again? His name is Tyron. Uh, so, um, uh, I'm going to start, like, sneaking around looking for Tyron, uh, and see if I can find him. Okay. Um, so you find him, uh, you can hear his voice, his quiet but commanding voice, um, reaching up to you from the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like he is maybe heading into the back hallway or into the back room. Hard to say. One of the, uh, one of the back rooms. 
I'm going to start making my way towards that way uh, and uh, making my way to where I hear him. Okay. Uh, So you head out of one of the suites and uh, over to the stairs in the balcony, and you can see that he uh, does indeed look like he's heading around and into the back areas uh, towards the... uh, the hidden back hallway, which you know, you if you want to try and follow him uh, discreetly, you know that if you get back into the rooms in the first floor, there's secret doors that lead into the hallway, into the cartway's entrance. Okay. Yeah, wanna, I want. You don't. If you don't want to try and cross the open bar, uh, I want to. I want to kind of try to follow him. I don't want anyone else to see me other than him, because uh, I imagine he's probably better at lying than everyone else. Okay, um, um, so that for that you're not going to be able to cut him off because you don't exactly know where he's going. You're going to try to follow him into the uh, into the entry room, which has another door into the back area. So yeah. uh, basically, you just have to wait until you have a, a clear coast, and it takes maybe a couple of seconds before um, the folk he was speaking to and giving some orders to just kind of watch his back and goes, and then they turn around and hop to whatever his instructions were. Uh, and so that gives you a short window to slip after him. A uh, thirteen is enough for you to get by without being spotted. Okay. So you slip into the back room, into the uh, into the entryway. The front door is closed, and the side door to the um, uh, well, I guess what you know what it is is the kill station. It's kind of a hidden room next to the entryway where some uh, security folk wait. Mm-hmm. If anyone tries to, you know, bust their way in through the front door, they can open some shutters and deal with the problem. But uh, you can see that the door is left open a crack currently, but it is swinging closed of its own weight and balance. (laughs) So you, yeah, you step quickly and zip your way around. Uh, The hem of your cloak lashes out really uh, just quickly to grab Mm -hmm. the bottom corner of the door and arrest its momentum just enough for you to slip inside and then it lets it go and the door closes. Uh, so, uh, uh, yep, you find oh, yourself uh, in the in the kill room where the kill station where there is nobody at this point. Um, behind that, there's a little like uh, almost like a waiting room or a mustering area where mm-hmm. some of the security folk can kind of be if they're not on active duty. And you know, there's a storeroom and an office and some kitchen areas back here, uh, as well as a vault. And it looks like Tyron is heading to the office. Okay, uh, yeah, I follow behind him uh, to his office. Okay. And so, like, uh, when he goes into his office, I'm just going to be, like, following him in there and, like, getting in the chair and sitting down, like, uh, at the, across the desk and be, like, waiting for him to notice me. Okay. So, uh, he does come in, and uh, you manage to slip in before he knocks the door closed, before he pulls the door closed. And uh, he's so preoccupied that he just doesn't look down at the right moments to catch you. You're just kind of staying out of his field of view. And so he turns around to, to settle into the chair, and he's kind of letting out a sigh as he sits his weight down. And then his eyes sit on you, and you can see his brain seize up a moment in in surprise, uh, you know, that's starting to veer toward panic. But he catches himself. He... <gasps> oh. Cloak? Hello? So, uh, why were the dawn shuts there? Why do you think? Well, um, they tried to arrest us last night. Uh, they have glass, um, so that's a thing. Um, I was currently coming here to see, uh, to go through the cartways to see if I can get under the citadel so I can do something, but I don't 
understand how they ended up here in Turkaja. Because they found out about what Riadan and his ilk were doing down below. They found out about the shrine. Well, I don't think they know about the shrine itself, but they found out about the cult worship happening here, which was apparently a little more farther gone than I realized. I'm going to have to have a few words with some people. Yeah, okay. Can I roll... Uh, I'm trying to figure out how they... How the Dawn Guard... Or, or is it the Dawn Guard? What are they called? I'm, the Order of the Undying Sun. The, 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 the Sun Shits. I'm just going to call them the Sun Shits. I'm writing that in the book that, right now. Sun Shits. That, that's on brand. Sun Shits. Um, so <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how the Sun Shits figured out where... <laughs> They uh, anything was going on, and the only way I can, can like really figure that out is if um, Val, uh, Glass's girlfriend was it the chess girlfriend he had, uh, Valia, 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 yeah, Valia, um, basically, either Glass or Valia said something, um. So he's like, uh, Cloak would look at Tyron and be like, yeah, I don't... I know Valia was at the party last night. Uh, did you hear about that? I've heard some of it, yes. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm grateful for what you and your friends did when those things attacked my establishment. I'm starting to think it was you they were after in the first place, though. So whatever it is you've been involved in, that's what's brought the scrutiny here. That is why they have found whatever Riodan and Kaju were up to. Hell, they were clearly following Riodan. He must be their person of interest. He's from the Blood Kingdom. He's a damned dampier. He's who they're after. And so he, they found his little cult by following him and watching you. It's not easy to oh. find out that he lives here, drinks and fucks his life away in these rooms. Not easy, I think you mean not hard. Uh, yeah, not hard, sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm very easy. <laughs> um, I mean, like, yeah, but like, look at it from this perspective, right? If we look at what happened the, the following nights, like, they didn't really have our names or anything like that. We, there was an attack that happened due to someone summoning something at a party uh, and drugging a bunch of people and it was uh, due to the uh, the ant house, the herbalist people, I forget their name um, he, he, holds up, he holds up his hand do you think your identities are unknown? Oh, mine is I don't know about them you do work for people in the city I don't care if they know your real name or not they know who you are the Nimheimer and the red cloak and the mask. That's all anyone needs to know. You stand out like a sore thumb. People usually don't care. That's going to change now. Yeah, that is going to change now. Well, um... This is what I'll do. Because uh, I kind of wanted to figure out what was going on. Uh, I don't know how they figured out one way or the other to come here. Uh, it might be because we were done as a fucking asshole in talk slot. 
but um, I think honestly, like we're gonna have to get out of the city. But I'm gonna have to go get glass. And what I can do is get your people out of there, uh, but get them out of the city as well. Like, there's no way they can come back here. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Like, do you, do you care to get food on it? I understand where you're coming from. I'm just not sure how you're going to pull it off without getting all of you killed. <sighs> yeah, that's... Uh... That's going to be a fucking pain in the ass. Um, I know... He, he kind of says, I know some people who might be able to help, but it's going to take me a little time to get word to them and to see what I can do. I can't guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... So you can, you can look into whatever it is you need to look into. I'll see if I can help from my end. I want to push it, but... But, um, yeah, honestly, like, I think we're burned after this, uh, or whatever the fuck happened. So you're going to try and break Glass and the rest of them out of the Citadel? Yes. But I'm trying to find a route from the cartways, and I'm having a problem finding that. And that's, that's... Well, the, the, the powers that be in the city, certainly the Blue House aren't going to want that to be easy. I'm sure there are, or at least were, ways in or out of there. There had to be. This place is riddled, honeycombed with passages that make up the cartways. Finding them, finding them in time, and finding one you can use, that's the trick. Uh, you're probably better off looking for someone who already knows and paying them for that information. Um, someone who already knows the cartways well enough and makes that part of their livelihood. Maybe someone in the black market. One of the information brokers there. That might be a good bet right there. You're probably okay. going to have to pay through the nose, so be prepared for that. And you'll be lucky if it's just coin they want. Mm. Or, I know you have connections with the uh, the... The Collegium, maybe you know some people who can help magic you into the Citadel or magic glass out. Yeah, but what about your people? Uh, I mean, my assumption is you care more for your friend than you do for my employees. Do I have uh, you pegged wrong? Well, I mean... They're gonna be there, so but like if we magic glass out, that's one thing. I didn't know all of them. I know Kaja. Uh wait, did I know the bartender? Uh the bartender himself, the dude with the the bald dude with the tattoos, he didn't mm -hmm. get grabbed. Um Okay. It was a couple of the uh a couple of the companions. Uh one of them was the woman who fed Riodan his deliberate bad trip from Rowan yeah. that first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'd be like, uh, well, honestly, like, if you want my take on it, I don't care about them, but Reardon might care. So I care about getting Glass out and that whole situation uh, taken care of. But, I mean, I'm not going to go do this now. I have to figure out, you know, like, plan this out. Like, you know, if you're going to rob something, like a heist, you know? Um, 
there's got to be probably going to be a lot of working parts, but I don't know. I, I'm sorry you got brought into this. He just kind of shrugs at this point and, and slumps back in the chair a little bit. Like I said, let me see what I can do. It might be a little while before I have anything to tell you. Uh, how can I get word to you? It's probably not safe for you to come back here. They're probably going to be watching the place. You should be able yeah. to take the cartways to get out. I don't think they found the entrance. Yeah, no, I'm going to take the cartways out. Um, that was my plan from the get-go. Like, I would come in here to get, take the back way to the cartways, uh, and then all that shit happened out there, so I snuck in here to come talk to you. Um, okay, this is what I'll do. Um, if you go to this address, and I write down Landis's address... <laughs> Oh my god, alright. That's where I can get word? Awesome, yeah. now Landis right. has to move. Alright. So he just, he takes We're the scrap of parchment. Follow me. <laughs> he, 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 takes, he, takes, he takes the scrap of parchment and then just kind of gives you a, a go-away hand flip and he stands up and uh, grabs a pen and, and an ink pot and starts to write out a message. And I, I stealth out of there. I yep. Terrible. Give me a eleven. Uh, eleven. All right. So yeah. you uh, you open up the door and you sneak out and you close the door with a surprisingly loud creaking as you pull the shut, trying to pull it quietly, and that just makes it kind of squeak a little bit louder. You wince, close the door, turn around, and you can see the big beefy armed bartender with the big handlebar mustache and the tattoos running down his uh, his arms exposed because he wears a sleeveless shirt with kind of a bow tie just sort of staring at you from the other end of the hallway and he kind of blinks once nods and then, once and, and then turns and shuts the door into the hall <laughs> yeah uh, and then I, then I go to the cartways alright yep you make your way back out you slip down past the temple uh, the temple is dark and quiet and empty and you slip out past it into the cartways proper. Was anything disturbed in the temple? Doesn't look like it. It just looks like um, it was kind of set into rest mode, basically, okay. after whatever last service they had, and then no one's back to, okay. to start it up. Uh, I, uh, I'm i going to try to see if I can find it on my own, uh, a path from find here. What? Oh, to the citadel? Actually, hey, so no, keep in I'm, mind you're actually you're actually farther you're a little bit farther away than the last time you tried. No, so I'm going to actually gonna go to the black up. market. Yeah. Okay, so gonna you're going to try gonna and go. go. To the black market. Mm -hmm. So remember that during the day the black market will not be in operation. They happen at night. Oh shit. Okay. Uh I'm going to make my way back to uh the closest spot that I can get to Landis's house. Yeah, no problem. Okay. You uh, make your way to back at least to Landis. a little bit shady. Does Landis have? Does Landis's house have a cartway entrance that they don't know about? Mm, not that you know of. Can I try to find one? Uh, I mean, it would probably be easier to search from inside Landis's house than it would be okay. to wander around. Like, so essentially, what you'd be doing is wandering around the sewers, hoping that there's a door into the basement, sort of deal, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, okay. um, you yeah, just, I'll, you I'll just don't have, get... yeah, you don't have bearings yeah, to yeah, try yeah. and get there from the outside in. Okay. I'll try to get close to Lane's house I can, and then like, um, walk in casually. Um, okay. rolling, I'm going to roll a perception to make sure I'm not followed. Sure. 
Go ahead and make me a wisdom perception check. One. <laughs> that natural one? Yeah. All right. Uh, wow. Looks clear. Looks clear. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Yep, you uh, you make your way back to Landis's house and head inside. Okay, uh, as soon as I walk in, I'm like, well, fun in store. Is everyone ready for a good story? Is Rula dead or I think he might have passed out. Okay. He went to use the facilities. I don't have need of them, so uh, I sent him to uh, my neighbor. Oh, he's pooping in your sink. No, no. Probably. No, that's why I told him to leave. Because he was pooping in your sink? Well, he was going to, and I, I oh. prefer not. <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, good news is um, we we might have that's a couple news? leads that we can follow, okay, uh, to help us oh. like, try to find different routes to get to where we need to go. Uh, bad news is the fuckhouse is compromised. Um, Kaja's arrested <laughs> The what now? The fuckhouse. Uh, what is the... Uh, yeah, what she said, the fuckhouse. Uh, what do you mean it's compromised? It's, uh... It's compromised. The, the sun shits were there, and they fucking arrested a bunch of people. What? Oh, yeah, Kasha's been arrested. And all the You guys, wait, what do you have to do with the silk scabbard? Oh, no, we're tearing and knock our way back. So, um, anyways, um, like, we, we, we killed some demons there, and he was like, you guys are the best, you know, oh my god. The devils. And, oh, uh, is that demons. where the demon party bar uh, was? Yeah, no, that, that devils, yeah. That was the, that was devil, the devil part. Devil party bar. There, Two chain devils and a horn devil, and then um, and we were trying to yeah, there was a whole thing that happened. You know, it was it was a good time. Um, so um, there is a there is a captain of the sunships that we have to keep an eye on. Uh, blonde, short hair. Uh, I don't know if she's a badass or not, but she might be a badass. We have to watch out for her. All the other ones, eh, uh, they didn't look too intimidating. Well, she caught my eye. Um, Able to be bribed at all? The sun shits? Are you kidding me? They're like holier than art thou. Like we have to go fucking burn all the abominations in the world. <laughs> so, well, everyone um, has a vice. I mean, you know, they're they're people sworn to a knightly order, uh, but they're also just people, um, which means they're corruptible if you can find the right lever. Uh, and actually, this is stuff that. Um, Edwin is going to be whispering telepathically to Landis. I mean, if you can get if you can get enough information on one of them, then I'm sure they can be bought or squeezed. You just have to know where the pressure points are and what the pain threshold is, so to speak. Maybe it's actual pain. Maybe it's not. So I have a feeling. uh, But that takes time. yeah, we might be able to find someone if we push the but- the right buttons that um, could fold on them. Um, but it's going to take a little time and it's definitely going to take some research. Probably some money. Well, uh, 
uh, I mean, that's one thing we have to go to is go to the black market and go to an information broker, or we can go to Collegium and see if we can metricalize out and all the other people from the silk scabbard, you know, uh, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't care if they get out or not. Um, you know, and, and just as a, as a DM's note, those were two, uh, suggestions that, um, Tyron came up with. You guys may think of any number of other ways to find information yeah. about entrances or exits. I mean, you guys guys know a lot of people, so... I'm not sure if it's wise to go to the Collegium. To... We are still wanted. Well, someone there might be coming to Ruston. But one thing... I was going to say, I have a, a few contacts that deal in some darker deeds. I could ask them if they know of any of this group that might be a little more mm, easy to talk to than the others? Uh, we can go talk to Thrick. That was going to be one of my suggestions. Thrick and or- potentially the Cloven Knight. You guys have I- some weird friends, man. Well, or we can talk to the Brotherhood of Alchemist. Or the mm. Painted Man. Who's that? He's a guy who owns the. What's his name of his shop? Dan? I forgot. Black Lotus. Oh, the Black oh, Lotus. Oh, do I know that one? Yeah, Landis, yeah. you know of the Black Lotus. Um, okay. It's a. It's like an exotic curio shop. Um, it, it's got weird stuff from all over the world. Uh, you mm-hmm. maybe poked in there once or twice looking for uh, particular stones that were. Um, maybe out of stock in your usual suppliers or something that was a little more exotic from a different place, not really easy to get during your through normal importers. Um, the prices there are usually exorbitant for things that are difficult to get, but you also got the feeling that the proprietor, uh, who is only known as the Painted Man, and he's sort of a, a portly heavyset fellow who wears these flamboyant, um, usually uh, uh, far away uh, in origin silk robes and uh, and other exotic clothing. He's bald. Uh, his skin is uh, basically dyed white, almost like um, kabuki makeup white with other little colorful embellishments. And he has the strangest accent, which is to say he has zero accent. He's got nothing. His tone is completely neutral. So nothing about his manner of speech tells you about where he's from or, or anything. So it's it's a little off-putting hearing. Mm-hmm. But he uh, was perfectly affable and seemed only too eager to help. His prices were a little high, though. Um, right. And he suggested... He hinted to you that uh, things other than gold might be more valuable to him. Which, knowing that he deals in such strange exotic rarities, means could mean any number of things that he's really looking mm-hmm. for. You also got the the feeling that there was more than simple mundane curios in his shop. Uh, okay. You think he might deal in um, uh, perhaps forbidden magics and the like, ah, or contra okay. or contraband sub- substances. Okay, yeah, I, I will kind of relay one. these feelings to the group and just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that shop. The, that guy's a little strange. Um, he can definitely find most anything you need if you can't get it somewhere else in the city. I bet he's got... Hmm, I feel like he's got some stuff in there that he shouldn't. 
Just saying. Maybe. Just saying. Uh, uh, the only other people I can think about, and I was looking at the map, and I just uh, the Shadow Embassy. <laughs> we can go see if we can find Kara and see if she can help us. Um, this was your yeah, Shadow friend, yes. Yeah. Welcome back, was, Tria Dan. Uh, it, was, uh, it was nice of you to use my neighbor's toilet. I do appreciate that. I was, uh, could not bear to to deal with that mess in the sink. Sink. What are we? What was I doing? Oh, that was a bathroom. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Carrie. I mean, she's not exactly reliable, and I seem to remember one of us disparaging her only uh, hours before. Was it me? Could have been or, me. I, I, we talk Should have been Chloe. Yes, yes, maybe it was you. I, I mean, uh, I'm not a diversity idea, honestly. Just uh, you to, also, to at this point, don't really know where she is, but uh, you could think be with, a with her name and a reliable enough description, Rowan could probably send her a message through magic. Why not? Send her a message. Catch up. Check in. While everyone is uh, discussing this and, and this Kari person that I don't know, I'm going to check in telepathically with Edwin and try to find out what he heard at the tavern. Right. Um, so, yeah, through um, throughout that whole time that Cloak was off, uh, Edwin was hitting the streets and seeing what he could figure out. Ooh, and he did well. All right. Okay. Strangely, there is... No mention of bandits attacking the knights, about prisoners escaping, about any of that. And he uh, he gets back to you uh, with information to that effect and says, Boss, this is really weird. For as much ruckus as was caused, right outside one of the, the watch garrisons, hell, they even got one of the griffin knights involved, and nobody seems to know about it. Hmm. So I'm going to let them um, continue what they were talking about and wait for a, an opening. And I'm going to say, listen, I, I I understand you've all got a lot of friends in the city. I have friends in the city. But the one friend we haven't talked much about is our dear friend, Lord Greymark, who will be here this evening. I do think that we need to wait and talk to him and find out what he may know. Plus, I had Edwin go out and do some reconnaissance for us and no one in the city is talking about last night. And that's weird. We made a lot of noise. Uh, I'm not sure if you were there and, and saw it happening, but it was loud and it was bright and there were a lot of people involved. So the fact that no one is talking about this, I don't feel comfortable. That tells me either Lord Greymark is keeping it under wraps or the knights have some ulterior motives and are trying to keep everyone from hearing about us and the void tablets and you oh, and the void tablets. I'm not involved in this. Or both. Well, um, you are now. We, I feel like we need to talk to Greymark. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way as well, is that we, what we did was a very embarrassing feat to them. Like, uh, we broke out of their custody. That's and, true. Uh, but that wouldn't they have used bad. this? No, but the red, the red cloaked men that neither of us know where they came from, they were involved. Wouldn't they use this as some excuse to go on a rampage against them? Round uh, them up. Uh, 
Hey, cloak. Um, since they, since we we bring back bring back up the red cloaked ruffians, you're yeah. actually vaguely familiar with who they are. Um, they're a gang that follows an individual known as the Red Mask, and they all wear red masks or hoods or cloaks of that that sort. And they're just sort of collectively known as the Red Cloaks. They're um, a thieves guild or a bandit gang that operates in and around Zobek. Not really too much to know about them besides that, if unless you go looking for it. Uh, so that gang... Okay, the gang that was in the Red Cloaks, they're called the Red Mask. They're a thieves guild. I don't know too much about them. Like, kind of, you know, they're a thieves guild. They're not like, you know, oh, they're the best thieves in the world or anything like that, but, you know... They're um, like mediocre. Yeah. Um, they tour locally. Uh, but, Rudin, uh did you... Um, did you hear anything about what what happened at the fuck house? What I said? And were you too busy pooping? Oh, yes. Oh, I feel bad about that. I do. Um, really bad. Uh, not personally That's... responsible, kind of bad, but I do feel bad about what's happened. Uh, there. I mean, um, you did sort of encourage. I encourage a lot of bad behaviors, and everyone knows that yes. I'm encouraging bad behaviors when I encourage them. Well, I can apologize to the neighbor if you want. I mean, was it that bad by the time you left? I, we can, it was. It was I pretty pretty rough up. in there. Um, um, but no, about about Kairu. More of a more of a war crime than anything. Um, uh, everything with Kairu and stuff. Oh, Kairi. Uh, uh, yes. No, um, Kairu. Kairi, like. Everyone at the fuck Kaja. house got arrested. Kaja. Kaja. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever uh, their damn well, they've names got are. Her <laughs> they've they've no, got her too. Friend? They've got her and no, Glass. Um, no, they got all the worshippers from the fuck house arrested. Uh, you, don't, you don't know that they got all of them? They got about half a dozen. They got a half dozen of them. Uh, I don't know if it's well, all of them. The voice in the head just kind of went off. Um, now this definitely makes it a heresy issue uh, for me. Um... That's my boy. Well, yeah. here's the thing. The old HR, um, revenge. Um, you know, after, like, no matter what happens, and, if, like, whoever survives this, um, we're not going to be able to stay in Zobek anymore. Now, wait, mm. now, wait, wait a second. Okay, now, you, <laughs> you can't stay in Zobek. I run a business. I'm important here. You. I, I haven't um, seen anyone walk in the shop, to be honest. I, I didn't want to say anything, but. You well, the uh, shop is currently closed. <laughs> exactly. Out of business. Uh, yeah, and all of my customers stage, are going to be very upset. You staged well. a jailbreak for wanted criminals. You're involved whether you want to or not. Nobody knows about well, that, apparently. I didn't I mean, do it. I'm I was. I nobody didn't do it. Edwin did it. And no one's nobody in the no. nobody in the populace knows. Let's no, agree on this. Oh great, shit, great boss! I think I think she's threatening to blackmail you. Listen, that. lady. I thought we trusted each other. We just had a heart to heart about this. <laughs> I I'm upset. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to look out for you. You're in danger as much as we are now from your involvement. 
I don't know if that's true. I don't. I just want to talk no, to Lord Greymark. Seriously. He's the only one that seems no to know boss. what we're doing. Greymark will clear why, everything up. Why aren't they wanted? I don't Why aren't know. their faces on posters at every guard post in the city? That That's doesn't make sense. Fantastic question, Edwin. Fantastic yeah. question. Yeah, I, I did walk down the street casually and no one gave a shit. See? I just want to point Who's that protecting out. you? Or who is protecting themselves? Someone is protecting someone, guys. There is protection and I'm all for it. I'm, all I'm being protected, and I don't know why, and that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> How well Sometimes do you know does. your employer? He's not my employer. I own my own sure? business. Are you? Are you being This is a contracting situation. I just agreed to do one thing for him. I, I, the, something, something they said very rudely at right. the, the, the fuck house. Uh, they said they said a comment. Hey, there's no more waving or wait guards anymore. Um, which They're reminds me of the oh. So during the we talked about this last time, right? Is that uh, there is a well? Okay, Lord Greymark waved away a bunch of guards during the demon attack. Ah, yeah, I just and, didn't understand um, the first time. But um, the the sunshit said something about that. <laughs> Uh, they they said something when they were arresting all the people at uh, the fuck house. Is that they they're like no more waving away guards. So I think they're very much aware of Lord Greymark. Hmm. And they actually, if Lord Greymark's a big political figure and we're dealing with the Blue House, we might be playing the political game right now, and that's why you don't hear anything about anything being wanted. My nose is bleeding, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's something more going on than, than we are aware of, and I do not like not knowing what. I don't either. I, I think I think there's like political moves going on right now, and it, it really hurts well, my head because I hate politics. I've always wanted to get into politics. <clears throat> I'd make a great politician. I mean, you were, honestly, wouldn't honestly. I? You would right? have a sex scandal would. within the year. You would have a that, sex that, scandal within the year. All the best ones do. Aren't you a drug addict? I was. And that's all behind me. Now I just kill people. Just for oh. Alright, so right about then, More at the front door, you hear... <clears throat> I'll get up! Oh, okay. <laughs> that might be my drugs, <clears throat> actually. That's sort of the takeaway. Uh, can I can I peek to see who who it is? Uh, well, so the there is a window in the door, but it's quite a bit not gnome sized. So no, is it? Is there like a side window I can like peek out at and be like? Uh, you have to like I, climb I up Ed, on something to. to I look tell out Edwin the window, to go so check. Maybe. All right. Uh, there you hear some fluttering, and then uh, then cloak about the time that you're. Uh, clambering up something to look out the window, you can see a uh, a rich noble carriage has pulled up outside, and uh, Edwin whispers into your mind, Landis, "Oh shit, it's Greymark. You ready for this, boss?" Oh, oh man, I'm gonna walk over the door, push cloak out of the way, and fling it open. Oh my god! I All dropped right. my sword. 
<laughs> All right. Are you are you like just drawing your sword because you were startled or being silly yeah. or what? No, okay. I, I was startled. She's like, get out of my way. Yeah. I'm like, oh, ching. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you pull the door, you throw the bolts back, you pull the door open, and Gray Mark is standing there in another uh, richly appointed outfit, a different one than the one he was wearing last time. This one is all blue and silver and uh, and velvet, and he smiles broadly at you uh, around his white, immaculately trimmed goatee and, and curled mustache, and he says, well... Good evening, my boy. Things didn't go exactly according to plan, did they? Shall we talk Not about exactly. it? exactly. Please, come in. And, Been waiting all day for you. And I believe that is where we're going to stop for this week. <laughs> and we'll pick up, we'll pick up next week I, with uh, uh, Lord I like to say, Graymark sounds like Deckard Kane, and I love it. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was getting a little bane, actually. But, uh, I have, to, I have to talk into a coffee can for that. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh so boy. Wow. Uh, that was fantastic as ever, my friends. Episode two, season three of the World Tree Burns. Oh my lord. Um, next week, uh, we're back for more. Lord Greymark, maybe we'll give us some answers. Uh, maybe we'll go on a suicide mission. Um, maybe we'll oh, turn into dust and then burn uh we'll we'll have to wait and see um if glass is even still alive red isn't too sure um but let's go around the cast and the crew did we enjoy ourselves tonight where can we find you guys online on the rest of the internet as it stands mr dan dale and fantastic job tonight as ever how is that for you Thank you very much, sir. Oh, it was great. I'm, uh, I'm so glad we're getting back into regular games, and uh, we should be able to, to get rolling every week here, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, yeah so that was a good time. I, I didn't necessarily expect so many independent plans to come up before Greymark returned that next night, but hey, that's cool. I like seeing what you guys come up with and, uh, and rolling with it when you guys figure out things that I never in a million years thought you'd try. So uh, I'm looking forward to see how you guys pull this off. Uh, so I, uh, I'm Dan Dillon. I was our dungeon master for this evening, and I'm a game designer at Wizards of the Coast on the D&D team. You can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dillon underscore one, and I love talking about D&D. Reach out, say hi, ask questions. I love it. Yeah, awesome stuff. Fantastic. And McLogan, how's that tonight for you? And mischievous little cloak. Um... I thought tonight was very interesting, and now, like, I had to use my detective brain, and I, I don't know how close I was to figuring out what is going on, but um, it, it might be accurate, um, but I, I can't wait to figure out, because there's a mystery, and I need to solve it now, uh, and this is me as a player. What movies might we know you from? Huh? But what movies might we know you from? Oh, what yeah, movies? Oh, I'm trying um, to place you right now. Hold on, hold on. Uh, my name's McLean. You, you recognize me from such films as Where the Fuck Am I Going in the Cartways? Or, uh, ooh, what's, that? what's another good one? Um, <laughs> the Fuck House Part 3, Time to Get Vengeance. Um, so, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the one I know you from. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Sorry. Uh, uh, currently, I'm... Uh, uh, Doing a bunch of like Twitch RP stuff uh, on the GTA RP on my channel. Um, so uh, if you guys ever catch me online, uh, c come check it out. 
But uh, as for, I, I'm very curious on what's going on. I'm excited, and uh, uh, I'm excited to get the whole gang back uh, together because uh, uh, I, I want to know what kind of shenanigans we're going to do. So, oh, uh, that reminds me of something. In the next session, maybe the maybe two sessions from now, we're going to see about having uh, a guest. To join us, so uh, uh, there will be more information about that as time goes on. Is it Tall Squall? I don't know who it could be. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, talk, he can't join us it's, if he's dead. It's Edwin. That's, that's dead. true. Again, <laughs> he's real. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> fantastic <real>. summer. <laughs> I feel like classic. And hmm. What about yourself, Scarlet Moth? Where can we find you online? Hello, I'm Scarlet Moth. You may know me from shitposting on the internet, as well as D&D art and cosplay sometimes. You can find me on Twitter at that Scarlet Moth, as well as uh, on my Twitch channel every Thursday night Australian time, Thursday morning US time. Uh, and I am DMing a 5th edition Planescape campaign, which we've had a few yeah. weeks off from. Uh, from surgery and all of that, but we'll be getting back into it. And after PAX West, when I come back, also I'll be at PAX West this year. Got my class and everything. Yay! See you all there if you're going. Uh, after PAX yeah. West, I'll be starting up a fifth edition D&D style Elder Scrolls game. Oh, I'm fun! Excited about. Yeah, that's cool. I want to play. Can I play? <laughs> <laughs> If you want to wake up really know. early, you'll I, I can do I can yeah, do a Kajit do voice. <laughs> well, I, I, I am definitely looking for guests, so that will uh, be something to plan soon. I won't uh, wake up early, but yeah, I'll fantastic. stay up super late. It's basically the same thing, but better. Uh, fantastic <laughs> stuff. Where <laughs> can we find you online? Do enjoy yourself tonight. Hey everybody, I'm Birdie, aka the Birdie Source, and that's where you can find me all over the internet under that name. Um, I unfortunately don't make cool voices like everyone else here. Sorry, I'm just me. Um, I'm gonna go to Pack South in January if anyone wants to go that one, because that's the one I can drive to. Um, so <laughs> Are you in Texas? I'm in Austin, dumb dumb. But I'm in Austin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I live next door to you. <laughs> oh, <What>? McLoken. <laughs> Holy shit! I've been, li I've been living with you for the past three years. <laughs> this is how I keep stealing your dice. Duh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I will be at that thing. Next up for me is uh, over on Encounter Roleplay. I'm going to be involved in a Warhammer FRPG 4E3 shot. Jeez, that's yes. a little so, uh, starting on Monday uh, at, at a time. Check out the pinned tweet on my Twitter because I don't remember what time. And then uh, this thing and then other stuff as well. It's all in that tweet. Go check that tweet. It's an important tweet. Check the tweet. Fantastic stuff. Check it. Hi guys. Fantastic, my friends. Well, uh, we'll be back next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Cobalt Press Twitch channel. If you haven't followed yet, go ahead and 
follow us uh, so you can catch up with all the shows that are happening next on the channel uh, will be Sunday at 8pm Eastern for The Last Air. But uh, until next time, my friends, try not to drop too many now ones. Us little kobolds want to be laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>